Support for Street Fighter V is changing in 2019. Majin Tenshinhan joins Catalyst and I to discuss what exactly that could entail. We then jump into patch notes for what used to be the game's strongest characters, share Capcom Cup experiences, and take a closer look at Kage on this edition of the Event Hubs podcast. Perfect. All right, and welcome to another episode of the Event Hubs podcast. With me this week is John Velociraptor Guerrero. Hey, what's going on, everybody? And we also have our tournament coverage master, not even just a specialist, he is a master, Nicholas Taylor, Majin Tension Hand, uh, all the way from Sweden here. And this is, uh, I am John Catalyst Gray, and we kind of have a big blowout episode here. Uh, we were just planning initially on, you know, Capcom Cup recap uh, and, you know, the season four balance changes uh, coming down, but we kind of got a, a bomb dropped on us here by Capcom, uh, depending on how you want to look at this, where... A cap bomb. Yeah, cat bomb. There you go. <laughs> um, that uh, major support for Street Fighter V could be ending in about a year, and I do say major support here because I, I want to be careful and say that you know full on support I don't believe is going away until we see you know Street Fighter Six or Street Fighter Alpha Four, whatever new game Capcom does. But uh, I, I really think that that stuff is potentially coming to an end here. And I'll go ahead and kick us off kind of with the, the big elephant in the room and, and just say that Capcom statements, I went back and looked at this, at their investor relation pages, uh, developer interviews, trying to find anything that said that they planned on supporting Street Fighter V through 2020 or beyond. And everything that I found said up until 2020 and here we are almost in 2019 we've got about a year left and capcom uh is doing some things differently and literally that's a verbatim quote from capcom unity um we are doing things differently this year so we're eager eager to share the details with you soon thank you all for your continued support we can't wait to show off what's next in 2019 that is okay so what the heck is going on so so anyone who wants to jump in like how does that hit you when you first read that I was kind of surprised for, at first because they had such a massively positive reception back at uh, last year's Capcom Cup when they unveiled the entire season 3 and there were a lot of popular characters in there. So them not showing, uh, at, not even silhouettes, them just showing one character tells me personally, this is entirely, this part is entirely opinion, but that tells me they probably don't have 6 characters this year and uh, they didn't really want to bring up like a downer for everyone um that's at least how i read it when i when i see that statement yeah no silhouettes and no season pass like both things um uh, they've they've confirmed no season pass now like there's just at least no plans currently for a season pass we know how things can change here right but yeah that's a big deal and, and i mean you could you go away you know either way on that and say that they're gonna have more characters are gonna have less but the assumption is and someone said this to me the other day and, and maybe they can fill in the blank here but they said that capcom tends to when they have negative news they tend to kind of hide away from it instead of sharing it right off the bat uh and that kind of matches up with their history yeah I so the information that we directly have was I kind of want to go back over it Capcom Cup we get Kage a brand new character and we get him immediately but like you said uh, and like I've been basically writing and, and saying since this time people are feeling disappointed because expectations have been that 
at Capcom Cup, we get a really big buildup for next year, a presentation, a teaser to get people talking now that the action has died down and will be down for a few months, right? Until the Pro Tour starts back up again. Here's something to talk about. Here's something to investigate. Here's something to speculate on. Before it was silhouettes and we didn't even know the identities of the characters. Then last year, like Nick was saying, it was what, what I've been calling their Grand Slam reveal, the, probably the biggest reveal where they give them an overhaul of the game with Arcade Edition. We knew about that. But then you also had Sagat and Sakura and then surprise, Blanca, Cody, and then G and Falk. And it was this big deal. So we were expecting the same thing. Uh, Kage is the only thing that comes out along with the balance patch. And it's live immediately, well actually <laughs> just before the end of Capcom Cup, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But my uh, my point with this is, so we start there, and then it was last night, yesterday evening I think it was, that they come out with this tweet that says that they don't have plans for an Arcade Edition season pass for 2019. And that's all the cut and dry information. So everything beyond that is speculation. And I know, John, you started this whole thing, this conversation that we're having now with the idea that maybe support is dying after or, or slowing to um, lower levels than it has been in the past after this year. That's a very real possibility, but that isn't even the first place that my mind goes with this. I don't think that that's hmm. necessarily what's on the horizon. It could be, but there are other just as viable um, avenues that Capcom may be going down. And so I'm not on the on the boat that says that Capcom's going to slow down with Street Fighter V yet. I think that that could happen. It also might be that they're just transitioning to an entire other direction of, of taking things and that it's not going to be less. It's going to just be different. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, it's one of the main reasons that I, I bring this up for from my side is that we have the next generation consoles on the horizon, and, and we know that they're coming around. You know, the twenty twenty period, um, we've got multiple statements of it. Uh, Capcom has had plenty of opportunities to say that they're going to support Street Fighter Five beyond twenty twenty or twenty twenty and beyond, I should say. And they never have. And that's a very un-Capcom kind of like move in terms of like, usually they would hint at something. They would say, hey, we've got something, you know, in the works for other people to kind of look forward to. Um, and actually, while at Capcom Cup, uh, one of the things that jumped out at me is, is Ono took the stage, right? You know, right after, you know, Kage, you know, the, the leak happens and he gets up there and he says that, oh, he's like, big announcement, like we're going to have another year of the pro tour we're gonna have another and i'm like why what like uh, of course you're gonna have another year of the pro tour and, and i'm like wait a second like now it kind of takes on a whole different light with the way he said it and he's saying you know uh, he, there was a very very long pause after he said like we're gonna have you know something coming up here and just kind of the way he was calculating his words it made me think wow like it's it's obviously a big deal to have the pro tour again you know it's a usually a quarter of a million dollars or what is it like half a million dollars with all, all said and done um uh, up up there throughout all the events and stuff that's a big investment from capcom we know that they have multiple esports corporate officers now we know that esports are a huge part of what they do and they only have one esports game right now and that's street fighter 5 so yeah, it's it, it, looking at that statement that Ono made, it just kind of took on a different light for me kind of after the fact of like they're kind of hyping up having another Pro Tour as a big deal, like a kind of a, um, like it's actually like it's a thing that is there instead of just kind of a given. Uh, to me, it was that, that's kind of how that 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 took. I, but Nick, I felt the uh, same way. Uh, well, in a similar way, I should say about the way that they presented the patch notes, the patch notes were part of the surprise bundle 
and they didn't say anything about um, a new patch and then all of a sudden the game was updated and in mm-hmm. years past they would say here are the patch notes and they're coming out in freaking 16 weeks or something like that and and this time that was just part of the reveal and you go well okay so kage is pretty cool and that's that's nice and these patch notes are good but we kind of expected that to happen anyway and you're it's like I already knew I was getting this, and then this is what you're hitting with on Christmas morning. That's interesting to me, that you would use this other thing that that really isn't a present in this way, and you're using it as a present in this way to try to continue to, to hype things up. And as part of your reveal, I thought that that was a little bit of a sneaky sneak um, on Capcom's part. And and I did, I did kind of scratch the chin at that. Yeah, it, it, it's odd that that felt loaded when it's usually just a given statement. Yes. You know, like there's so many undercurrents there. But but Nick, now John and I were both at Capcom Cup, like you were watching the stream covering it for event hubs, uh, doing your usual, hey, I'm going to cover, you know, events for 16 hours and do miraculous stuff. You watch more tournaments than any human being on the planet. I would probably bet a good amount of money. Like, how did you see things from your end when all that was going down? First of all, thanks for the kind words. Um, I probably do watch more than anyone else, and uh, I'm happy that my work is appreciated. Um, as for Capcom Cup, well, the thing was we were in scramble mode because Kage leaked, right? Uh, we mm-hmm. saw Kage on Twitter around top six, I want to say, something like that. And at first we were like, okay, well, is this fake or is it real? We don't really know. All of us started logging on uh, to PSN. It was me and Dream King and... Uh, uh, Dakota, Dark Horse, and uh, Justin, Adaptive Trigger. Um, and we we all started our PS4s, we tried to get this patch, we, we got in, and then uh, then we started to... Um, I mean, no notes were out, uh, Kage was only on the characters, like, you couldn't actually select him, we just saw him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we started experimenting, we w- went into training mode, and we saw, oh look, Manat's V-Trigger is... Uh, we trigger one is three bars now and we started looking for changes we started building this chain dog um and we never i don't think it crossed any of our minds that that would be all at capcom cup we were just like okay right. cool they're doing a release now and it's kind of similar to what they did with sagat and g that was like the day after i think but uh, it's similar to that in that like oh it's out now it's something that fighting game companies have kind of started doing now <clears throat> sorry uh and then um then when Ono came up on stage and they showed Kage um, and then there wasn't really anything else we were just kind of dumbstruck uh, that was right. it wasn't on our radar at all that that would be everything that was everything right now but we were so sure that we were going to see not even silhouettes we thought there would be a full season reveal like there was last year because of how beloved Capcom were after that after as uh, John said the Grand Slam uh, but nothing so yeah. we, we were just kind of muted. Wow. So ju- just to take people back to, to Capcom Cup here, um, I, I personally love the event, and we'll get into that a bit later on, uh, um, how much fun I was having. The, the mood in the room as soon as Kage leaked, like it sucked the air out of the room. Like all the good vibes, all the energy that was going on. Uh, man, I was having a great time, and then it just completely fell on its face. And damn it sucked it really sucked and i so going through that like you're looking at ono you're looking at body language of other you know mm-hmm. capcom people 
and, and you're the trying to white read into stuff. faces that popped up after that and just like the holy crap everything that we've been building up for is is potentially on its head right now just two hours before the finish line um there were some there were some not happy campers in the uh, in the room at that point yes and and if you only have one card to play or you know a couple cards to play and they get played early and you're kind of like well what do we have now um that also kind of throws stuff off a bit you know um you can't scramble in two hours and put together something else if you ask me uh, it's just not possible you don't you know you can't put a trailer and stuff up there um it's just it, it's it, things took on a really different light for me once this tweet came out that oh crap like this could kind of be it for the game and and, and to get into that a little bit more um, I will go back here to to Xkira I was gonna uh, say and, in a joke yeah. that it was Xkira's fault but <laughs> go ahead <laughs> um, he said like not that long ago here back in November that Super Street Fighter Four is the final version of the game and it is expected next year in 2019 December 2019. And that to me kind of reeked of like, here's Ultra Street Fighter 4. Here's the entire game, all the costumes, all the characters. Here's everything. One last here. We're going to push this out in front of everyone. Um, You're not getting any more updates. You're not getting anything else. Like this is what the final version of the game is going to be. And this is something Xcare has leaked. He's had some hit and miss prospects. Um, I've got it on good... I've got it on very good faith, actually, that some of Xcura's predictions have been way off, but we also know some of them have been way accurate, and he's called stuff that has happened way in advance. So take that as you will, but this does align a lot with what we're seeing here. It's not just, you know, kind of one sign pointing there, Um, but something else to add into the mix is just when I was talking with people at Capcom Cup... um, the way that they kind of spoke about Street Fighter V, even people who really enjoy the game, was kind of like a friend or an acquaintance that's going to be moving away, and you might not see them again after a while. Like, I didn't pick up on it at the time. I thought, oh, you know, just, you know, they're burned out on Street Fighter V. They don't like the game that much anymore or whatever. And now, again, like I said, with these these other things coming into place, like, the, their statements take on a different light. And I'm going, holy crap, like... Who, I think who people kind of kn- who are these people? Uh unfortunately, I can't well, name not, them not the names, it on record. not the names, but just <laughs> yeah. but just like like what pool of people is this friends of yours that you're talking to or people that are involved? Uh, these in- are I I have to be really careful uh, because of you know I I did not get permission to put this on the record, but I will just say these are names uh, that people know well in the community. Okay, these are these are people that are well known in the community. Period. You've known them, you've talked to them, uh, heard them of them, I should say. Um, so yeah, not on the record. So I wish I could say it, but I just I never got permission, and it was it was these were offhanded conversations I was having with mm-hmm. them, and and all. All of a sudden, like I, it, at the, at, it just kind of struck me as like, oh, they're just kind of burned out on Street Fighter Five. They don't, they don't care that much about the game anymore, you know. Versus now, it's like I think they were talking about the. They realize the game is going away, and that it's not going to be here uh, at the very top of the heap. At least yeah. again, it's a, uh, it's you know, Capcom made the Pro Tour. Their their games are generally seen seen as the top of the the competitive community. Whether you want to argue against that or not, whatever, they're generally seen as that. It seems like the game is, is really going away uh, in another year or so, and and they're going to be ushering kind of a, a new era is what I've seen. But, but John, you, you spoke with a number of people at Capcom Cup as well. Did you get that vibe, or did, have you gotten that impression? Um, no. I, I think that, well, I mean, I didn't have the, the same exact experience and the same exact conversations that you had, um, but things didn't really indicate that, uh, like to me, whether it was talking with um, you know players or, or cap representatives or anything like that, 
um, to say that like here we're on some kind of a downswing, I do acknowledge that the game has started to feel stale. And I think that a lot of the community was looking forward to this patch to help get out of that. And I reserve a lot of judgment on the patch until we're, we're actually playing it like to like when the pros show what they've begun to do. And, and we've had, you know, the, the basic community has had a few weeks with it. Um, I, I like to just bring up the uh, the example of how people thought Vega was going to be so good in Season 2, I think it was, and how he ultimately wasn't. But based on the patch notes on paper, he looked really good. And so it's, it's like one thing to get the patch notes. It's another thing to see it all in practice. But... Um, it doesn't feel right now like these patch notes are shaking the game up into a into like a rehydrated, reinvigorated um, status, and that's a little bit alarming to me. But as far as the game itself and and like the intended direction of things, where we're, with where we're at now, um, no, I haven't felt like anyone was was particularly pointing towards its ending. And also, I think that this last year has been. Uh, probably the best year for Street Fighter V in terms of developer acknowledgement and support. We came off those first two pretty abysmal years of like just barely getting off the ground and surviving and then playing catch-up. And then in Season 3, that Grand Slam reveal kind of indicated that they were caught up and then they, they followed through with all that, not only with getting the characters out in a timely manner and revealing them as opposed to having us play guessing games all year long and not getting... I think we got Zeku in like November or something along those lines. But we got all the characters out by August this year. And then we, on top of that, got a ton of, of obvious support through you know updates with costumes. And, and those are cool. People like those. They're not integral, but they're, they're, they're good to have. And then we got the uh, the input lag patch, which we, you know we've been talking about that since the very beginning, and how big of a deal that is, and how apparently expensive and hard to do, and what so from Capcom's point of view, how much of an investment that is to to tweak around and, and fix. And then we have also had this brand new ad system just days before Capcom Cup get implemented. And so looking at the way Capcom has been moving before this Capcom Cup announcement and before 2019, I think that they are pivoting potentially to a simply a new approach, which is exactly what they said, uh, you know, and, and that's fairly cryptic, I'll give you that. But it's exactly what they said at the end of their Kage reveal on Capcom Unity that we'll be doing things a little bit differently this year. And in corporate terms, duh, that very much could mean uh, we're, you know, changing things for the worse or we're not giving as much support. But that's the way of saying it is like, oh, well, we're excited to report that we're doing things differently. It could mean that. Absolutely. But I also think that the ads and and the way that they're i don't think that they're abandoning the game with how much they've been acknowledging it and i think that the ads are very clearly a prototype to something that they want to do uh, they they look like crap for the most part and people are not very happy with them and uh that's its own conversation to have as well but that's a pretty big like path to go down and, and it's something that doesn't just exist in Street Fighter V. Like, you could have that in any game that you want to do. And so they could just be prepping to do this better in Street Fighter VI, and they're using Street Fighter V as the guinea pig. That's certainly what it feels like right now. I mean, they're using... They're, they're, they're putting themselves in the ad space, right? So it's like they're not even doing much outside of... You know, they're not actually having Nike or Pizza Hut or Pepsi or whatever. Um, but I, I think that it might be that we're, we're switching over to... The, a more modern approach and and it would maybe a somewhat awkward time to do it but the idea is well 
okay, so you have the one path that you've been talking about where we're just like slowing down and, and limiting everything. The other path potentially could be that they're moving over to a free-to-play model where the game will be free, which is actually another thing I should bring up here. They they made Street Fighter V free-to-play for a little while up until I think it was two days ago you could play that. And with these ads and everything, it's starting to look a lot more like a lot of modern successful games from other genres. And I'm wondering, maybe it's now we're just going to periodically release characters and costumes and you guys can play the game for free and you can do these ads and and they're trying to get into the more modern gaming um, model and it's not that they're just getting rid of support but it's that they're changing it um i'd actually like to jump in regarding uh, two of the things uh, you were talking about um one thing uh, that a lot of people have been upset about and i think was uh quite a big misstep on capcom's part is um it's fine to do things differently. The problem was that they announced that in a blog post, like several mm-hmm. hours after they were on stage. That was a huge misstep. I know you weren't saying they did the right thing or anything. I'm just elaborating on that point. No, and they've always been terrible at their communications. Yeah, but that that was uh, kind of a big blow for a lot of people because uh, many people kind of assumed that, okay, so Kage is it. This is the end. Right now is the end just because they didn't say anything more. And then when you look up the blog post, they say, oh, we're doing things a little bit differently this year. And then it just becomes even more puzzling why they didn't just say that on stage, like uh, look forward. They did say something about look forward to more stuff in the future or something, but to be more clear that, you know, we're still supporting the game. Um, This year is gonna be different the previous years though, because that's a pretty big thing to communicate to your audience. And I think leaving that to the blog post wasn't a good idea at all. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. The second part I wanted to delve into is um, I've seen a lot of discussion about this uh, with Street Fighter Five going free to play, which is entirely possible because, as you're saying, uh, we're seeing a lot of um, I should say symptoms of it. I guess um, I also <laughs> started. It sound like a disease, yeah. which I know a lot of people <laughs> do take it that way when they when they bring it up. But yeah. <laughs> I did. I didn't necessarily mean it that way, but I, I guess uh, I guess that was uh, my wording, and I'll have to own that. Uh, but uh, what I was um, what I was going to focus on was uh, I started parsing old statements and interviews from Capcom as well, not to the extent uh, that Catalyst did, but I did look through a few older interviews, and one big thing they kept talking about with Street Fighter Five, right when it was released, or um, before release or even when they did AE is that it was always meant to be kind of a stepping stone into esports for Capcom this was their way of figuring out how to approach esports mm-hmm. and it's hard to judge where do, do these in-game ads fit into that because they kind of came out of nowhere so you can either see it as them maybe pivoting towards free-to-play maybe maybe not doing that at all but still having these ads here or maybe kind like if you're a more pessimistic person you could see it as kind of a desperation move like okay we're not we're not reaching the level we were hoping this might help us possibly mm-hmm. it's very hard to tell because i really felt that they came out of nowhere mm-hmm uh, speaking of things coming out of nowhere, I, I really like that point you made there, Nick. Omega Edition and Ultra Street Fighter Four, yeah. and we've learned that that was a precursor to a lot of the character changes that we saw. And here's a funny thing about uh, Omega Edition: is uh, a former Capcom employee told us, um, and I forget if this was off the record or on. No, the record, I think we did uh, a story on it. 
Yeah, I think it was on the record. And they said that you're going to be seeing things tested out here that is going to be, um, you're going to see it in the future kind of thing. And then we kind of went back and asked uh, the same person again. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, that's not, that's not yeah, the case. Yeah, they, spe- right? they <laughs> specifically said to the question, is Omega Mode an indicator of or like a testing ground or anything along those lines for Street Fighter Five in Street Fighter Four? And they said no. Right. After telling us the other thing before. And so we got lied to, which is okay. Cause I mean, again, that you can't say that and completely blow up your game. Right. But uh, I go back to the ads here, which Nick was just talking about and I go, okay, is this another precursor here to kind of add being, you know, the ad supported model? It looks janky. It really looks janky. Like I, I played Bison last night just to mess around with him, and he has a giant CPT logo like on his chest. It looks ridiculous, and I loved it. Like it's, <laughs> I love ridiculous stuff in fighting games. But um, again, it's there's history here, and and again, whenever there's history on your side, like you have to look at it and at least acknowledge that it's a possibility. It may not be the complete outcome, but I look at that and I I see that. But but. Yeah, and one of the things I'll, I'll throw back here to, to Nick is is he travels in different circles than we do. And so he gets to, to hear different things, uh, being a European fighting game community member. He gets some really nice information sometimes. Uh, Nick, what what are you kind of seeing on your end, like in terms of about, like the game support, like how much like people are enjoying the game or not, and then kind of like what they think of the ads, and, and then like anything, like are, are you seeing more of like people are kind of ready for the next thing, or, or what are you seeing on your end? Okay, so I'm not going to name any names. That's what I'm going to say, first of all, because I don't want to blow anyone up. Um, I have seen approximately zero positive responses to the ads. Um, Mm -hmm. People do not like the ads. They do not like what the ads are pointing towards, uh, like what that could mean for the future. Because one thing I said uh, was that now, now they're kind of easing us in with the ads, with fight money and such. This is just a theory I have, but a lot of people seem to agree with it when I talk to them. Uh, that they're easing us in uh, by offering fight money uh, for having the ads in the game. Uh, I, I feel like that is potentially a testing ground for future games that do not have any form of fight money and won't let you disable ads at all. So you'll have basically forced ads in the game. Um, there's no actual basis for this. It's just something that I could see happening. And a lot of people I talk to seem to be on the same wavelength. And that's part of why they hate the ads. They also think, like you said, they look very tacky. Like, Sangif has a gigantic CPT logo on his ass. No no joke. Um, it's, it, it looks really weird. Um, well, Dawson has one on the uh, on one of the child skulls that he has around his neck. Oh, man. Also, yeah, Dawson has so child wrong. skulls around his neck. How come we're not talking about that? Yeah, that is, that is the weirdest one by far. Uh, I've seen that one brought up a lot on uh, various subreddits and such. Um... As for the game itself, obviously a lot of people have varying opinions on it. Uh, right now, everyone's kind of in mourning because after every patch, everyone will say that their character is dead. And then mm-hmm. maybe yes. two, three weeks later, they'll be realistic again. But um, what I'm seeing a lot of people say is this isn't the overhaul we were expecting. And I think that's mm-hmm. part of uh, Xkiro gaining so much publicity. We posted a lot about him. I I, I've been kind of skeptical of him myself, but he, like John said earlier, Catalyst said earlier, he's been right about a lot of stuff. Um, he's been a bit spotty on other stuff, so it's hard to judge. Um, it's hard to judge like 
how much you should listen to this guy, right? And a lot of people kind of went all in in believing everything he said. And I think that was a big mistake on their part because I w I w I'm in tons of different streams during the day and I was in one stream and uh, the player was like, oh man, I was expecting, you know, new supers and I was expecting new V skills and I was expecting this and that. And I was like, well, I mean, is that really Capcom's fault though? <laughs> No, not um. at all. This is this has been happening since forever. You know, yeah. with whatever capacity the people have to to start rumors, and and I think that Excura is a is a more credible source than just I heard it through the grapevine. We heard like six hundred different things in the first few days of Capcom Cup. From there was a special, um, there was a tease because of one of the Capcom employees' hair colors that were dyed for poison, um, and uh. we also heard stuff about Honda and Sodom and all this stuff. And none of it, at least for Capcom Cup reveal, came to fruition. Yeah, yeah. We literally heard, I think, about six, seven, eight different characters that were that were kind of on the docket and again it's a lot of rumors out there uh, yeah but sure. but we also i will say we also heard kage and and yes. like described to a t and so yep. it makes sense to still talk about these things and and the only i think as far as i'm gonna put this out there right now as far as talking about Excura and how much we posted about him in virtually every single post, and this might have lightened up from the beginning to the end, but there's going to be at least a sentence in there that says, none of this is official, guys. Mm -hmm. Here's here's the game that you're playing right now. Here's the battlefield that you're in. Here's the atmosphere. This is what this guy has done. This is what he said. This is what has worked in the past, and this is why we're talking about it. This is not an official announcement. Take it like that. So for someone yeah. to take it and get their hopes up that high... It's I get it that the feeling of disappointment's still going to be there, but at the same time, uh, especially for like a site like Event Hubs, you gotta post that information and you gotta let people know that it's around um, sure. because it, it's significant at that point. So yeah, you always take it's on you if you read that and you go, oh, it's for sure. It's like no, no, oh, it's it's this. It's like a it's like a six out of ten for sure, something like that. Yeah, I, I think Xcare's worst case like track record is like fifty fifty. And even if he's only right half of the time, you still have to post that. And that might be, that might not be completely inaccurate in terms of how often he's right. Um, there again, it's so often he's right, but he's not accurate <laughs> um, in terms of like how stuff comes about and exactly what that is. Again, the new V triggers, new supers, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But Nick, we kind of stepped all over you there. Like, uh, uh, do you, if you can go ahead and uh, keep elaborating. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's uh, one of the, Actually, I'm going to address two of the things you guys were saying. One of them is that uh, people seem to completely shut off their brain to the word rumor in headlines. Mm. Because yeah. we always put that there. Whenever it's unconfirmed information, we make it very clear in the headline. And we also make it clear in the article. But people kind of shut that part of their brain off. I think it's also that a lot of people who don't like the game will automatically default to wishful thinking. They will hope for the best case scenario. And when they hear information that may not be confirmed yet, but it talks about the best case scenario, you're gonna hope for that, right? So mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. that's what a lot of people default to. Um, and um, what was the other part? Oh, I completely forgot, uh, it's not It's not relevant. Uh, well, so back, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, yeah, so back to uh, the players um, and the streamers and everything, and even the stream chat, because uh, viewers are a very important part as well. Um, right. Ads have gotten a horrible reception the game, the balance patch is actually getting a fairly 
muted reception as well from what I've seen because a lot of people feel that their characters didn't get uh, enough basically I've seen a lot of jury mains completely devastated um, and obviously you ha I mean you can't really determine beyond the shadow of a doubt how good or bad a character is but I was certainly expecting jury buffs even though she's a character you often hear referred to as low-key very good and stuff like that but I look at tournament results I kind of have to because that's my mm -hmm. job and um, I did an, a big article which uh, detailed uh, top 8 placings for every character in season 3.5 and jury was not high up not at all mm -hmm. and even like the placings in top 8 she had I think I, I, I think there was one entrance that was from a jury main and uh, the others were infiltration using her in top 8 and once Knuckledoo brought her out for one match and lost in top 8 those gotcha. those were like the only entrances and then I think there was one guy unless I'm misremembering uh, it's easy to look up because the article is still up there on the Ventops um, so anyone who's listening feel free to fact check me but I'm pretty sure there was only one guy with jury who had gone anywhere and when you see those kinds of dire tournament results for a character um, it's hard to imagine they won't get buffed even if they're low key good or whatever right yeah. um, mm -hmm. and that's the kind of disappointment I'm seeing from a lot of players uh, of various characters. I've seen the same uh, from people who play Nash. I've seen the same from people... Uh, at first, people seemed pretty down on Geef, but that seems to have shifted now. Now that people actually play him, they seem to like him a lot more. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, potential for Geef just based in what I've been seeing on social media. Like People are excited about him and, and Bison like crazy right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, so it's hard to say, uh, but we, we'll see. But right now, people don't seem too jazzed about the balance patch from what I've seen. Gotcha, gotcha. So to shift gears back a little bit more to the timeline and the history, uh, I want to remind people that Ultra Street Fighter IV, uh, that was originally released as a digital upgrade on uh, in June 2014. And uh, just again, as a, a history reminder here, uh, Street Fighter V came out uh, February 2016. So, uh, so anyway, so circling back, we had the, the PS4 release of uh, Ultra Street Fighter 4 in May of 2015. And then Ultra Street Fighter 4 had a horror costume pack come out in October 2015. Uh, and Street Fighter 5 dropped less than four months later. So Capcom was still updating the game. And just uh, to take people a little bit back into history there, when that, that horror costume pack came out, like they revealed Laura and Zangief for Street Fighter 5 right around the same time. Like it, all this stuff was kind of happening together, and and it's so one of the reasons I, I I look at the timeline here is I go okay, it's not like you know Street Fighter Six and again bear with me I'm just kind of throwing out a random you know name here it could be Alpha it could be a bunch of other things that they do like they're gonna have I would hope a whole year or so of kind of marketing and hype to build up the game when they finally announce it, and I'm actually kind of envisioning here at Capcom Cup 2019 in about a year like they pull back the curtain and instead of it being Kage or whatever like hey here's Street Fighter Six here's Gamer B and Justin Wong doing an exhibition you know and and this is a game like we've listened to the fans and, and all this kind of stuff that's actually what I've got in my head right now and and so when I say Street Fighter 5 support is ending I say major support is ending where we're not going to see any more balance changes we're not going to see any more characters like 
With Ultra Street Fighter 4, we got Rolento, we got Elena, we got Hugo, DiCapri, and some other character I'm forgetting right now off the top Poison. of my head. <laughs> Poison, thank you. How could I forget Poison? Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, I'm a bit offended right now, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, think, I think I offended every listener of the podcast just right there. But anyway, my apologies, guys, but you can send the hate mail to uh, uh, Velociraptor. Anyway, but um, uh, <laughs> um, there was a huge upgrade with five brand new characters, a bunch of balance changes, a bunch of other things uh in in june of 2014 and, and and just again about a year and a half later we had a brand new game come out i want to say and that's all true and i like that you know the idea of putting that in perspective or using those um those uh, mile markers to put it in perspective but i will also say that we did not get a full game we got a rushed ass game that was yes. not by any means ready and that tells me that Capcom with their scheduling and then like the next year and a half or so where they were playing catch up. So and I don't I don't begin to, you know, I'm not even going to speculate as to why it happened this way and, and who made what decisions. But what I do know is that Capcom with their scheduling was not on the ball and have not traditionally been all that on the ball, at least with Street Fighter stuff. So um it may be that they continue to be all turbulent like that and try to juggle things. It may be that Street Fighter V suddenly came out a lot faster than they expected, and that's why we got a new costumes pack for Street Fighter IV just a few months or almost simultaneously with reveals for Street Fighter V. But I, I'm, I'm not 100% convinced that just because you know it happened that way before i think there was a lot of muddy waters there and so it's like it's hard for me to take away like okay well then this is a pattern that we can especially when you're talking about capcom have any kind of adherence to to think well they're going to do this again and mm -hmm. and even backing up a little further we were talking earlier about how Xkira is not you know maybe 50 50 at best man capcom with their direct statements have been kind of 50 50 or best at best <laughs> with what's going to happen i mean we brought up an example before with uh, with someone saying that it was you know that Omega mode was or wasn't, and then the same kind of thing happened with um, whether or not the the input lag was intentional or not. We had two different you know um, sources of information: Capcom Japan and Capcom USA saying two different things completely um, on a smaller scale. I remember talking to like Matt Dahlgren when when Street Fighter Five was. Um, in production still and we saw like bison had white hair well why is that oh well you're gonna find that out in the story mode and it's like 100% we didn't find that out 100% we had almost no um, explanation for characters like Nikali and in and, and their story in their appearance in the direction in a lot of things there were supposed to be multiple V reversals and someone said that in, a, in, a, in, a, uh, in an interview so I take what Capcom has to say very very lightly um, I, I don't think that they oftentimes have shown that they're going to be able to follow the schedules that they've proposed and even follow up on the things that they proposed. They seem to be flying by the seat of their pants. Now, there have been some adjustments obviously made because, like I said earlier, 2018 was a great year for Street Fighter V in the, in the, in the avenue of um, development acknowledgement, developer acknowledgement and, and execution. It's been much better than it has been in years past. So maybe they're turning over a new leaf, but they're going to have to prove to me for a while before I'm going to be, you know, open to saying like, okay, I can take Capcom at face value. I can take these trends at face value because to me, it seems like they're just flying by the seat of their pants in a very unorganized fashion. And they don't even know what's going to come up tomorrow. Um, I'd actually like to jump in there because there's one thing that's interesting about this. Um, 
that I think is worth bringing up. Uh, the other day, maybe a week ago, in um, our event hubs chat, uh, Dakota Dark Horse was saying something like, uh, outside of fighting games at least, Capcom had returned to Cap God status. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking mm-hmm. about that, and I was, I don't entirely agree, but I can see where it's coming from because Monster Hunter has obviously always been doing well since it came, uh, but it's doing even better now. Monster Hunter World was a huge success worldwide, whereas before it was majorly a success in Asia. Um, and you're seeing uh, Resident Evil 7 was a huge uh, resurgence for the franchise. They took it in a new direction. Everyone seemed to like it. It did well. Now they're pushing out Resident Evil 2 Remake. Everyone's been asking for that for 10 years at least. Uh, and it appears to be godlike. Just it, just a quick side thing. It's yeah. fun. It's Resident Evil 4 style, and oh my gosh, I'm excited. Nick, we'll talk about that privately later. Oh yeah, Go ahead. for sure. <laughs> but John, you did play that at Capcom Cup, didn't you? Yes, yes, they had that yeah, there. Yeah. And and it, it. I mean, I know this is a fighting game podcast. Uh, hopefully Leon guest stars in the next Marvel game or something like that to justify us saying this. But um, yeah, it's the you got to play it for about 20 minutes at a time and get as far as you could. So I played like three or four times doing different things each time. Um, and it really felt like i didn't play resident evil 2 but it really felt like resident evil 4 um it's that style with the um you know with the over the shoulder cam and and the actual aiming um and everything about it was exactly what i was hoping for when i sit down to play resident evil and i started with four so anyways go ahead bro we want leon and smash okay oh okay sorry, my, <laughs> bad. my bad leon is whatever <laughs> but yeah uh very much looking forward to resident evil 2 as well i'm gonna be streaming that day of release so i'm super excited for it uh we also have devil may cry 5 and i i'm a big fan of devil may cry series devil may cry 5 doesn't seem to gel that much with me but the general reception has been huge it's been great people are super excited for it so i can see what I, I'm seeing this sentiment quite a bit that Capcom have really stepped it up and that is a big difference from the situation back in 2014, 2015, 2016 where Street Fighter was doing pretty well but everything else was kind of well, I, I don't even know what word to use but everything you else had was had Resident kind Evil of, 6, that was the years of Resident yeah, Evil 6 right? something like exactly. that <laughs> Resident Evil 6 was around, Devil May Cry I mean the latest thing that, that had been there was the reboot that was highly divided um... And a lot of franchises were just gone. You know, Marvel Free had, like, the people loved the game, but Capcom could not support it because of the Marvel license. So Capcom was kind of uh, publicly a mess. Now it's kind of the opposite, where most of Capcom seems really well put together, and they seem to have uh, their horses in a row, so to speak. Um, and uh, Nick, yeah, yeah, uh, Capcom, like half their building just like fell off a ledge, ledge when you said that. <laughs> you completely jinxed them. I'm so sorry. Oops. Why did you have to do that? But no, Oops. no, no. I, I hear you. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think that is something also worth considering when you're talking about like, oh, but Street Fighter Five felt rushed out. Street Fighter Five had a lot of missteps and stuff. I think Capcom as a whole were having a lot of missteps with their projects for maybe a four or five year period of time there, um, which seems to have turned around. So I think it's possible if they're working on a Street Fighter Six that they're gonna, I'm not saying the Street Fighter Five was a, a bad project, that's not my goal here, but clearly they, they've they had missteps with it. They've done, they mm-hmm. had a lot of big dreams that they weren't able to fulfill. And I think it's possible that if they have a uh, Street Fighter Six in development, it will have expectations more in line with reality. I, I'm hoping for that. I'm hoping for that hardcore. And I do agree. I give them the benefit of the doubt that 
not only are they doing a new Street Fighter game in Street Fighter Five, but they're doing it at one of the biggest times of change in their you know in the backdrop of video games and of esports and and so there's a ton of guinea big guinea pig test um you know stuff that's going on right now a lot of prototype approaches to try to figure out well will this work how do we put our specific brand into this and anytime you're doing that you're gonna have failures you're gonna have missteps it's a lot of it is just trial and error and so i think that street fighter 5 more so than a lot of other of their titles has been caught i mean i don't even say unfortunately it's unfortunate for the time right now because you're gonna have potentially more missteps but ultimately it's just a time of learning and um, but I, you know to to the counter of that, and I do agree, Nick. Like I do think that again, 2018 has been one of the best and most acknowledged years by developers. But they also screwed up, and and they did they leaked their stuff early at their biggest event of the year, at their crowning like Super Bowl of fighting games, and and they one had a fairly meager reveal, and two they accidentally pulled the trigger two hours early, like. That tells me, I mean, that that goes back to like a revert to, yeah, we don't have our stuff together very well. And um, and it's not a be-all, end-all. It's like, sure, I, I guess that happened. But man, with Capcom, it happens a lot. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it, I can't defend. Uh, <laughs> I can't defend uh, what happened at Capcom Cup. Uh, and I don't want to either, to be honest. So it's it's kind of a rough situation all around. But... I'm just seeing a lot of a lot of what I'm seeing from Capcom lately is to enhance the classic feel of the franchise but in new ways because that's a lot of what mm-hmm. the new Resident Evil games are about. Resident Evil 7 was doing that with horror and Resident Evil 2 is trying to do that with the Resident Evil 4 action oriented playstyle and mm-hmm. uh, Devil May Cry 5 as much as it doesn't seem to be for me seems to be trying to do that with uh, the earlier Devil May Cry games trying to be like like bring back the cool aspects of it, but also put push it in a new direction, and it feels like that's something they kind of said they wanted to do with Street Fighter Five, but didn't really do. Mm-hmm. So I think it's possible that we're going to see a Street Fighter Six that maybe if they're working on it, I don't know, but like the the potential of Street Fighter Five uh, losing major support leads me to believe they probably have something else on the horizon, especially since they were trying to push esports, and that's not something you can do with Resident Evil or with uh, Devil May Cry. Um, yeah. So that... And, and I mean, we we know the next generation consoles are really close to on the horizon. Yes. And Capcom does not traditionally release a, a brand new fighting game for an old you know console when the new one is out there. They try but to Mortal get a Kombat's new one out doing there. it right now. You know, yeah. like, and and that um, was something I was thinking too. But it's like it was surprising to me to see that Mortal Kombat's coming out so late in the potential life of the current generation. And I think NRS has a history of doing that, where they they again, it's not super late, but it's like it's right at kind of the end of a, a council life cycle. And, and I would be very shocked if Capcom does not have another fighting game in the pipeline. Um, when they made that the 2020 statement, you know, what was this four or five years ago? I think it was even when Street Fighter V was in development, they made the 2020 statement. I think they had a good inkling of when those new next generation consoles were coming. I think they, you know, they obviously worked very closely with Sony, um, you know, on on Street Fighter V. Uh, they, they've generally been very well partnered up with these communities. They're one of the biggest third party developers. And, and I, I think they, they've planned this to kind of run that long. I think it's how come their statements have always aligned with that. 
But going back a little bit more, uh, as something you guys were talking about in terms of Capcom reinventing themselves and becoming, you know, reemerging as a Phoenix or Dark Phoenix or whatever you want to say there. Um, overall sales of Street Fighter V have definitely lagged behind what Street Fighter IV did. And, and this is a little bit, even though it's, it's, you know, the sequel to, you know, the same franchise and whatnot, it's a little bit of apples and oranges comparison um, because of, of DLC sales. But... Street Fighter V sold on the ballpark of about nine million copies, and and it had other platforms like it was on like on the three DS where it's uh, Street Fighter yeah I'm sorry Street oh. Fighter Four sold nine million copies my apologies, um, and it was on the platforms like the three DS and a few other things and so it gets a little bit dicey there, but Street Fighter V currently sits at two point two million copies. Uh, that is a huge difference. Now, when you factor in DLC sales, like this is a guesstimate on my part, so bear with me here. I would say that Street Fighter V has done about half of the revenue of Street Fighter IV because DLC sales are a big freaking deal. Uh, when you're charging that much for a costume, when you're charging that much for you know characters and everything and whatnot, um, you don't need as many game sales to kind of you know power you through that. So. Take that as you will, but again, even if you're only generating half, and even if that's a genera- uh, generous estimate on my part, like you're still only doing half of what your predecessor did, and you have to look at things like, hey, it's only on one console. Um, you know, people, maybe we've kind of exhausted our resources on this game, and we really need to be planning for the next generation consoles that are coming out. Hit every platform, make it all crossplay. Damn it, it has to be crossplay. Um, yeah. And maybe they're looking at that stuff and just saying, hey, you know what? We can be doing better than what we're doing with Street Fighter V. We've gotten what we need to out of this game. Let's do some test on it. Let's, you know, do the Omega Edition like we did for uh, Street Fighter IV. But let's just make this ads and let's just make this free to play. And let's kind of push this out there and not do a lot of of, of whiz-bang stuff where people are, you know, they're losing their minds because, like, this game's lifespan is, is close to over. That's what I see. But But how do you guys feel about that? Uh, I would like to uh, bring up two things uh, first. Um, I looked it up just because you said uh, NRS games have a history of doing that, and you're absolutely correct. Injustice, the first one, uh, was actually released on 360 and PS3 half a year before PS4 launched. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they definitely have a history of releasing on old hardware, so to speak. Uh, So I wouldn't really consider Mortal Kombat 11 being a factor uh, in the new hardware. and also, um, I know you said it was a guesstimate, and I have no guesstimate of my own regarding the uh, revenue of Re- Street Fighter Five. But I will say, people brought people were super angry, and it's e- a meme even today about the pricing and uh, multitude of Dead or Alive's costumes. Um, mm-hmm. Street Fighter Five's costumes cost twice what a costume from Dead or Alive cost at the time. Yep. And people don't seem to realize that. So I think costumes in Street Fighter V are a massive source of revenue. I think they're making huge bank on that. And honestly, quite rightly so, because uh, the costumes are very just good. To jump in there. It just to jump in there a little bit, Nick, uh, we do have direct confirmation from Capcom with Street Fighter Four that costumes were a gigantic moneymaker mm-hmm. for them. Absolute official confirmation, but but, cool. but please continue. Yeah, I think they're even bigger in Street Fighter V, uh, partly because mm-hmm. of the high pricing, also because it's easier for people to pick and choose the ones they want, and the prices are so much more expensive than the bundles you would have in Street Fighter IV. Uh, but also, the quality of the costumes are very, very good. They make so many good costumes, and we've also seen them uh, evolve on the costumes. In a lot of cases now, you're getting two costumes for the price of one, because of the Easter egg basically turning it into an entirely different costume, like you would see with the um, Haunting Ground costume on Kami, which was a uh, fight money costume, but still, just as an example. 
Um, so you have a lot of those. Oh, the Resident Evil costume on Cameo as well, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, I think Capcom are making huge bank on costumes, even more so than during the Street Fighter Four days. Still, I wouldn't say your guesstimate is off. I would probably agree with it, but I think costumes are the main source of revenue for Street Fighter Five. Um, as for your idea that they're kind of like they've gotten what they needed from Street Fighter Five, they're seeing new things on the horizon, and that is making them experiment kind of similarly to what they did with Omega Mode in Street Fighter Four. I think that's right on the money. Actually, I completely agree with you. So I wanted to ask you guys, um, we, we don't have a ton of information and, and that's why we've been speculating. Um, so keeping that in mind, we have 2019 set out in front of us. What do you expect out of Street Fighter V in 2019? It's a great question. I was about to ask you guys the same darn one. So keep <laughs> me to the punch. Um, I am actually, uh, I think we're going to see a, a 4.5 balance change. Like, like we've always seen, uh, and that will come around March or, you know, wherever, and just to make sure, you know, smooth out some more rough edges, you know, maybe get some of the characters who didn't get hard, hit hard enough and maybe <laughs> give jury some buffs or something, please. <laughs> um, but, uh, I, I think that's what we're going to see. And then I think we're going to see partial support of the game. I think at some point Capcom's actually going to confirm and probably be at Capcom Cup that they're working on a new game. And so we're going to see, you know, the normal costumes and normal everything. But I don't think we're going to see much more beyond that, uh, except for the game being more free to play opportunities. We saw it during Capcom Cup. Um, the game feels like it's getting very stale. It's like, why not try to to put that out there as a way of reinvigorating some life into it. Let more people try the game uh, and actually make Ryu good, which he seems pretty good right now. And Hey, he's a free to play character. So go try him out. You know, that stuff. Uh, I, that's kind of what I'm seeing. Uh, not a lot more. Um, for me, I see tons of costumes. Uh, I really think those are big money maker for them. I agree about a 4.5 balance change. That's kind of become a tradition now. And I don't think balance changes are, that resource intensive i think it's just kind of boring grunt work um which kind of sucks for the workers but i don't think it's a huge investment um characters honestly i would be absolutely shocked if we got six characters this season uh oh. i i would be absolutely shocked but it's possible um we'll have to wait and see what capcom say but i personally do not expect six characters Okay. I think that resources in the past have gone to a lot of different things. A couple years ago, it was playing catch-up. Um, last year, it was you had dojo mode. You had these ad things that are coming out. You had get rid of the input lag. And now I think a lot of those areas are freed up. Uh, there's a lot of speculation about things like a second story mode. I hope not. I don't see a lot of use for, for me personally. And I think the casual crowd is probably like they're not coming back for any reason. So I don't think a, a secondary story mode would be that great. But I think that we are going to see something closer to what we see in MOBAs and, uh, and that free-to-play model. We've heard rumors of eight characters. I think that we'll get seven more throughout this year, something like wow. that. Okay. And it will, be, it will be more so it's like, hey, guess what? New character's coming out. And it'll be just like Kage in the sense that it, you know there's no season pass. You can buy the character. Um, I think the game will... Will be, I mean, it's only like eight bucks or something like that on Steam right now. I think it's going to go back to free to play eventually. They're going to invest resources into the Pro Tour. Um, as far as a, as a balance patch goes, I think that the the point five balance patches have been more emergency. Like 
Last year, it was Rashid and Abigail, who <laughs> happened to be the uh, the finalists in Capcom <laughs> Cup this year. But they were much mm-hmm. worse, and, and people were just constantly talking about them. And I think that uh, the balance patch ultimately was more of an emergency thing that, that Capcom decided to do. Because again, one of those other things that they said back in development was that they were only going to do that once every year, and they were going to strictly stick to it. And hey, they didn't. And that's fine, and I'm glad we had 0.5 balance patches. But I don't think that that's necessarily going to be a thing unless people lose their minds about some one or two very specific things in this one um if they just keep saying that and it's usually that they're the characters are, are too strong not so much that they're too weak because eh, whatever about too weak but too strong and everything dominates and you're you're threatening the esports scene at that point so uh balance patch will only come if there's a big outcry about them and i don't think there will be i think that people are going to start to die off in this game and um I think that we have through 2019, 2020 support is a maybe depending on 2019. And I don't think 2019 will be a great year. I'm feeling, like I said before, four out of 10 hype levels right now. Uh, it doesn't feel very promising. And I think that a lot of a lot of what happens in the future will be based on how things go in 2019. Um, but I think that the plan right now is to do this free-to-play model with, uh, with a handful more characters, probably around eight. Maybe it's only six. Don't know. Something like that. And, um, and that's where the main focus is going to be. All right. So, Nick, you, you said you had about four characters you think are coming, including Kage? Um, I don't really have a specific prediction for this season now. I had a prediction before Capcom Cup, but after it, I'm a lot more pessimistic. And I don't really have a specific number. I just think we're not getting six characters. I think we're getting gotcha. less. And John said about eight, so I'm going to split the difference so we can cover all bases and say about six or five. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we could be right one way or the Sounds other, good. but I honestly think that's what we're looking at. Uh, I think these characters are going to be a bit of a testing ground for Street Fighter Six. Yeah. I think that's what Kage was, um, or is. He's not a season pass. He's a, here, uh, you know, here's a character. You can buy them or you cannot. We're not doing season passes anymore. We've kind of done that and, you know, and maybe the season pass will come at the very end of the game's lifespan instead, or the end of the season, I should say, versus the beginning. And I think Capcom wants to get more money from DLC sales and, and kind of prop themselves up a little bit more in that way. And this is a way of doing it because the season pass gave you, uh, as Nick said, um, it gave you costumes and it gave you quite a few of them. And I think Capcom's looking at that and going, well, we could earn XYZ more money if we if we decouple this stuff. Like this is how much more money we could be earning. And so this is a way of testing and seeing if our audience will go for it or not sure um and there it is so um yeah well uh, i i want to just clarify to everyone listening i hope i'm wrong okay i'm not i'm not trying to like say that this is what i want to happen this is just what i think will happen i would be thrilled if raptor is right about this and we get eight characters that would be awesome but i don't think so all right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap us up here for this portion. Uh, we want to thank Nicholas Majentenshan, our tournament coverage specialist. And again, a big shout out for the tournament coverage he does on the site. <laughs> if you see results up there uh, and you see battle logs generated for days and you see all that kind of stuff, he was doing the large majority of it uh, and he is a machine he does pretty much not stop ever <laughs> i have to tell him hey dude uh, let me help you out and stuff like that um he is the best in the business hands down so anyway nick we want to thank you so much for being on here yeah thanks a lot for having me um hope you guys have a nice discussion on the rest of the topics as well <laughs> thank you round two
So now we wanted to get into the season four balance changes and a number of characters got some pretty hefty changes and then a number of them who people kind of expected didn't get very much at all. And we'll go ahead and start here with Akuma. Uh, he's a character who's at the top of the tier list for a lot of people and he may be the uh, very top of the tier list now uh, considering what wasn't done to him. Uh, and just to kind of recap for, for people listening here, his crouching heavy punch is a little bit more with punishable. That's his main kind of CC move in neutral. It's very good. It's still, uh, he gets less CC gauge off, or less V gauge, I should say. It's still plus three on block, which is ridiculous. Um, his fireballs have weakened hitboxes, basically. Um, they're all a little bit easier to kind of punish as they're starting up, which is, you know, it's a, he, he had some advantages there in neutral with it, but, you know. I've not- definitely noticed the lack of, of a hitbox, or a hurtbox, I mm-hmm. should say, in front of Akuma, when um, he's he's getting ready for a fireball, it's like mm-hmm. sometimes that's a that's a thing that you directly whiff punish or, or as it's starting up, you're like, okay, I can hit you here before it even comes out, and like throwing everything else away and just focusing on doing that, and then he throws the fireball and he try to do it and it still doesn't work. Um, that's happened to me a few times to the point where I'm like, I can't I can't contest that. So it feels like now you can contest that, and I think that that's a, that was pretty important. Nice. Very nice. Uh, he also has less air fireballs in V-Trigger 1, which is a great thing. Those things are are dominant. And I think he can get like three or four of them out now, and he probably now only do two or three. Uh, basically one less set, which is really good. Um, his slide on his demon flip is now negative two instead of plus. And then his demon flip uh, air throw has more recovery if he whiffs it, which is an additional 10 frames. So uh, and then oh also his uh, ex red fire fireball has a uh, ten less or twenty less damage mm-hmm. and the flame uh, you know when he's in the corner and he and he does the um, the flame which just melts your life bar because if you're close to him there's an extra hurt box that that does that or an extra hit box that's also been reduced nice yeah so he's he's still going to be great in my opinion the nerfs aren't substantial substantial enough but um he's probably the number one character in the game uh but at least he's toned down from where he was at it's it's just like capcom never wants to hurt akuma that much they're like you know what like we really like akuma he's a great character we're never going to make him bad like ever and it's just if you play kami or, or akuma like your odds of ever being bad are just really low so yeah, I think that um, I've said something to this before. Just Akuma's status within the Street Fighter universe makes him one of those characters that is acceptable to be the best. Now, mm-hmm. it's silly if he has things that are just, you know, he he definitely toes the line of being too crazy. It's like, you know, well, let's give him an air teleport that's safe and, you know, and every, it's like, okay, well, calm down there, right? You know, You don't give him that kind of stuff. But him having, like, better frame data than most of everybody else and the fastest walk speed and and a move like raging demon a lot of characters don't have a move like raging demon unless you're another evil character right but Mm -hmm. um he's always had a clear uh uh, like a head and shoulders uh, amount of acknowledgement and um over over everybody else in terms of being high tier and it's like a lot of people like yeah akuma can be the best in the game as long as he's not breaking the game and i don't think he's been breaking the game i think he's been one of he's either top i think he was top two before this patch now i'm i'm really hesitant on putting like who i think the best character is going to be i like I said earlier, you know, Vegas season two, you think you see something in the in the paper, but really, it really comes down to just actual experience before I'm ready to um, put that out there. Now that said, we should talk about who we think are, are strong and not, and so I won't shy away from that, but that's with a huge asterisk next to it that I, I very well might be wrong. Um, anybody that's reading this very well might be wrong just because you don't know until you've seen it in practice for a while. 
Actually, that's a terrific point, and it leads me into the next character, Manat, who I've put a lot of time into. Uh, I've been playing the character since she was released. Um, I, I've labbed a lot with her. Uh, I won some tournament matches with her. You know, I'm, I'm not a bad Manat player here. Um, the standing medium punch uh, buff that she got, basically, they made it like uh, it's it went from negative 11 on block to negative 8 and then on hit it went from negative 5 to negative 3 and I looked at that and I said whatever like that's just like a throwaway thing like you nerfed her stand heavy punch uh, rightfully so um, to get there and, and, and that's just kind of like what you gave her as a trade off and then I didn't realize how applicable that is to V-Trigger 2 and it makes all of her V-Trigger 2 combos that much more potent in uh, a lot of uh, infiltration actually was on Twitter uh, talking about Manat's changes and he didn't realize that the standing me- medium punch change is a gigantic buff to her V-Trigger 2 so just, did he say it like that? Did he say I didn't realize it, or did he just not? No, he say did, that he it still was? doesn't even realize it. Uh, like he he was specifically asking for V trigger two buffs, and like they didn't buff for V trigger two. What the heck? And I didn't realize it until a, a gentleman on on Twitter mentioned it. And I'm like, holy crap! Like I wonder how much better it is. I went into training mode. I immediately it's it is a. 10 or 20 percent improvement on what it was previously if you ask me uh, a very big step up because the range is much easier to land combos on where before um you would have to do a lot of micro steps to get you know stuff to land you don't have to do that anymore and if you do do micro steps you the range on it is much improved now it is not maximum stand medium punch range from a not you know that's where he sh- she throws her her orb out a sphere and kind of, you know, pings you in the face and whatnot. It's got really good range. You see it all the time for activating V-Trigger. It is the number one way to activate V-Trigger with that character. Um, so if you're at, like, the very, very edge of it, it will not combo fully with V-Trigger 2. But if you're just about a step inside, which is not that far, uh, it will now fully combo, which it didn't before. And and I, I just, again, I never saw it. So I do uh, strongly encourage everyone listening to the podcast to take a couple steps back at the stuff that, that Capcom put out there when you're looking at it on paper and realize that there might be a lot more there than meets the eye. So unless you're Nikali, man, that, that <laughs> those changes, <laughs> I am just, I am the, the wind. So for a lot of this, and this is more of a general takeaway, but for a lot of this, uh, for a lot of people, I should say this balance patch was coming. Um, and it was on the horizon. Now it was never announced or right? it just kind of happened, but we knew it was coming. And the game was starting to feel, I think, a little stale. Not terrible, but people were like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'll play through this right now, but I definitely feel like there need to be some, some changes, and I know that that's probably on the way, so I'm okay, I'm content. The balance patch happens, there are some key nerfs to top characters, and, I, and, and that's good, and there have been some key buffs to bottom tier characters, and that's what the community has been asking for, but yes, the, the middle of the pack feels relatively unchanged. That might not be a terrible thing, but I don't think, I, I think that the, the amount of hype and the amount of excitement that a lot of the uh, the mid-tier character players are, are we're, we're hoping for, that, that reinvigoration is very much not there because they're going to be playing about the same thing while other, you know, there's a lot of adjustments that are happening on the extremes. And like we, we brought up Jury a few times how she's gotten almost nothing uh, because apparently Capcom thinks that she's good where she's at and she might be. But, man, if that's the case, I think it's just kind of unfortunate. I think that if Capcom really believes that these characters are where they're supposed to be, then that's fine. It's their prerogative to not change them. But I'm feeling like as a Nikali main right now that he didn't really have the tools to be consistent, and he still doesn't. And the only Mm -hmm. change that really happened to him outside of the general, like, crush counter um, meter gain or or loss changes, or not loss, but meter gain changes, um, is a a change to his V-Trigger 1 uh, leaping attack. I think it's called Clouded Mirror, 
and that one was a gimmick to begin with and it still is a gimmick with a little more utility but it's like it's like really it's very arbitrary to me i don't think that you're going to see much out of some gimmicky stuff coming from that and it certainly isn't going to contribute to what i think he needed which was a sense of consistency and ability and and so i i feel and i think that there are a lot of people not everyone in this boat a little bit demoralized and a little bit like we were going to hit the uh it's like we, we needed some wind in the sails. We needed some gas in the tank. And we weren't we didn't have it yet, but we were uh, on the way to the refill station. We got there, and now we're, we're setting out on the next part of the journey, and we didn't get almost anything of substance. And so, I don't know. I hope people stick with it, and we have like something of a revelation once things start back up again. But it does, I think, for a lot of people, feel fairly disheartening right now. Yeah. I, I will say specifically for Nikali um, – I know he didn't get much, but he also was one of the better, you know, characters still. He wasn't top tier, but he was still better. And so most of the top tiers got knocked down at least a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's and, something to hold on to is that like yeah, the top tiers are coming down. Yeah. So he's going to get better by default, if you ask me. Uh, but it does kind of unfortunate because, again, Nikali's one of those characters that everyone kind of calls boring or he has he has his problems are not very much in your face but he has a lot of like just kind of core problems with the character itself and so you've got to really kind of just love him to death or you're probably not going to be playing him anymore and we're already hearing reports of some people you know really wanting to drop him or really put him in you know the the shadows again uh, including you um, who you know are at least considering you're disheartened by him and so forth right I feel just to put it in like a single sentence I feel that he has a ton of tools on paper but he doesn't have like the glue to put those tools together and use them in a way that that sees any kind of efficient, not efficiency, but any kind of consistency. And so as cool as it is to be able to loop command grab your opponent in the corner, um, it just as easily could be that they neutral jump you. And that's kind of in a nutshell what Nikali's like. It's like, yeah, it might work. It might not. And, but you're not going to win tournaments with like that way. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so getting back into Manat, her stand heavy punch, which has a, been a huge point of discussion, got nerfed pretty significantly and now has an additional three frames of recovery, which does make a difference. Uh, it got worse on hit. It's now even more punishable on hit. And now it's even more punishable on block. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really wanted people to. Um, oh, yeah. And its damage was decreased as well from 90 to 80. So p- they do not want people using that move a lot. Uh, it's very abusable in so- certain matchups like against Zangief. It, it used to completely destroy him. I'm not sure where Zangief is at right now. Hearing reports, he's very good. Um, again, I, I just I completely agreed with that. That nerf. We talked about it a lot here on the podcast. So, yeah. And, uh, and I think that um, it doesn't so so it doesn't get rid of the move, right? Like the right. move's still there it's still effective, yeah. and it still has utility and it still hits an opponent from a very far distance. And I think that's what that's supposed to do. But mm-hmm. and so I, I really appreciate this, which is why I'm stopping for a second to just focus on this one move. I think that it's it's very apparent that it is supposed to serve a specific purpose and it's not supposed to serve like six other purposes that it was more or less fulfilling and therefore getting her into like kind of broken territory it's like you can do this and if you do it you benefit but if you do it at the wrong time and you throw it out willy-nilly you're gonna you're gonna suffer for it and i think that that's like yes like make people think and i think like now she has to think about it a little bit more before she just tosses that out and so i think that's an example of a pretty good change i i as far as monat goes she was one that was talked about as needing a lot of uh or or just there were a lot of things on the table for her to get nerfed um her v trigger one and having you know two bars and and her standing heavy punch i think were the two biggest ones Mm -hmm. and um 
Um, and I was actually talking to Justin Wong uh, at Capcom Cup before we had the changes. And he listed that, and he, he listed both of those things, and he also listed, I think it was Crouching Light Punch, not having much of a hurt box in front of yep. it. And and I go, okay, so which one of those things do you think should be changed the most? Because I don't, I think that we're, with where we're at, these top tier characters are like, we don't want to make them not top tier. We just want to make like the gap closed a little bit. So you take like one of these big things, unless they have that many broken things, then you go, man, that was just really crappily designed in the first place. But I think, you know, take one of them and change it. He said all of them. I think yep. she's way overpowered right now. Yeah. And um, and so and that's indeed what they did. So it'll be interesting to see where Minot goes. I don't think that she's going to plummet, but I think she's definitely regulated. And you're going to see... I think that the players that are good with her will still be able to tactfully make her, her tools work. But you're going to see less and less players that are able to just go out there and mash standing heavy punch and get as many wins out of it, which yeah. is which is appropriate. Yeah, it's uh, Minot had a huge problem in that people often had to go random against her, and mm-hmm. and uh, I know people have gotten insulted, which about, is why like, Nikali was so good against her. <laughs> yeah, and it, 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 I know people have gotten insulted about that term of like, oh, you know, you went random and beat me and blah blah blah. It's like when the game rewards you playing random and unpredictable, like that's what you have to do, and it's not dumb and it's not problematic to do that um, because Minot was so damn oppre- oppressive when she got you locked down, and this basically dials back again the random and the dumb factor which you and i have talked about extensively on the pod we wanted this gone i'm 100 percent happy with the changes they made to the character i'm um, just real quick to recap them here uh crouching light punch as you mentioned it got uh its hitbox reduced a bit um now it's also more with punishable uh and uh, things of that nature and then of well, course with the, punishable, the like they, they added a hurt box or what uh they added uh three frames of recovery on whiff um, to her crouching light punch. And then the, uh, after the hitbox disappears, uh, they delayed the timing of when the hurtbox um, uh, stays out. So it's another three frames of, of being with punishable. Okay, basically. so that does make sense. if they Because yeah. otherwise, it's like she's occupying the space. If it's whiffing, that means you're not there, which means you're not close enough to do anything about it. Which obviously with Minot, that's been a thing for forever. Is you can't really whiff punish her because she's not right. attacking you with her her hittable limbs. So, okay. right. so that makes sense. Yeah, it's and that you'll see that a lot actually throughout the balance changes. A lot more whiff punish opportunities, especially for the high tiers where they just did not have moves that you could just you know sock them for throwing it out. Right. Uh, her V trigger one is now three bars. There's pretty much no other changes to it. Like, oh. I will say that the instances of Minot being able to to release her orbs when she activated V-Trigger 1 when she was in block stun or hit stun should pretty much be off the table now. Uh, mm-hmm. That was a pretty broken aspect of the character before, and it just enabled her to do some wacky stuff that should not be possible. You did not see it very often except at very high levels of play, uh, and that's, to me, what these changes are mostly targeting. You're not seeing, because Minot's a hard character to play. Uh, it looked like Capcom specifically went after her at the highest of levels, the Sakos, the Justin wongs and said hey um you guys are too damn good and too damn oppressive with what you're doing we're going to take that down mm-hmm. and that's what i think you're mainly seeing with the character right now so if you happen to use v trigger 2 and the other stuff that i used you actually got better i actually think my monot is better than it was before because of these changes but for most other players if you use v trigger 1 and all that kind of stuff i think you're worse but i still think she's a pretty good character right now at this point in time we'll see but that's that's how she's looking right now that i can see you know noting that things are getting more with punishable in general is i think a pretty important thing that i don't think a lot of people have been talking about yet which makes sense right now we're Mm -hmm. still in the phase of like what did my character get what did the two or three characters that i absolutely hated playing against lose or get and and that's more or less where we're at right now but like as far as like how is the general game going to change if we're getting more 
with punishable situations. We've done that before, right? I think the transition from from maybe it was both of the last big season transitions led to like there's more recovery, there's more uh, hurt box sitting out there. Um, and we're moving back towards one of those things that people have been complaining about a lot, that everything's just too damn safe and not footsie-based in Street Fighter V. Uh, and, and then, you know, tack on the fact that there's more uh, or that we have quicker responses because of the input lag change. And that very well could be huge for the way people fundamentally play the game. Now, mm-hmm. traditionally, in these other changes that we've seen in, in these terms, I don't think it's been quite enough to turn the game into like a, an actual footsies duel. It's just been slightly more, but it hasn't really changed the game's identity. I don't know that that this you know additional change will indeed change the game's identity, but it will be a little bit more towards that. And I think that that's a good thing because I think that that's a, one of the key fundamental parts of of the fighting game experience of how I'm going to be better than you and show it. It's like the the abilities in footsies are a very clear cut thing that are very rewarding when you do it and very acknowledgeable when you see it done. And it's one of those things that separate, I guess you could say like the the, the strongest players from the, the you know the a tier or down. Um and, and 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 I would hope that Street Fighter Five would have more and more and more of that. So speaking of fundamentals and footsies, uh, let's talk about Abigail. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, shots fired already, right? Yeah. Um, YOLO Abigail is dead. And thank goodness he is. Um, and I just want to talk about him a little bit in general. I've hated this character for the longest time. But you can take my hate and magnif- or multiply it, I should say, by, by 10 times what I've discussed here on the pod. And you'd have what I ran into at Capcom Cup. This character was hated more than any character I could recall in Street Fighter history, actually. Um, maybe Elena, I don't know, but I heard more bad stuff about Abigail than any other character. Um, so holding towards the opponent, uh, holding your joystick towards them, and racing towards V-Trigger is not nearly as viable of a strategy as it used to be. Uh, and that was a very viable strategy. A lot of Abigail players did it because, guess what, even if I lose life, I now have V-Trigger 1, and now you have to be afraid of this. So the risk-reward for doing that was... If I hit you, great. And if I don't hit you, great. That's still, it's it's win-win still, right? Uh, there wasn't enough incentive for Abigail players to play more reserved and more like a traditional grappler would uh, before this patch. And now that's pretty much completely gone. Um, changing V-Trigger 1 to 3 bars is gigantic. Um, and so I personally feel like you need to play this character much more patiently than you did before. I don't think the other style is going to be viable at all. Um, from playing against Dream King even just a little bit, it was gigantic the difference that I saw there. Um, so I think players like Itazan are going to be just fine. I think players like Storm Kubo are, are probably going to be looking for another character here. Um, uh, so it, again, uh, just to, to talk a little bit about the changes that were made, actually, he actually now has landing leg on all of his jumps. He was floaty before, but now they've added an additional frame of like, you're kind of staying in the air for a frame longer so people could punish you or do whatever. Um, so they what do not... What kind of punishes... Uh, so... Anti-airs. As far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so just like like DPS. Yeah, uh, but I mean, he's in the frame for for air, uh, one frame longer uh, in the air and stuff like that. So uh, you could also, you know, do stuff like right as he's landing, you can just ping him with like a um, a jab or other things like that. He's he's still like a, got an extra hit hurt box, I should say, when the, he's the jumping. The whole thing now. is trip guard based, though, right? Like it's not that he's floating in uh, like the peak of his jump for a little longer. It's it, it the change, as I understand it, is when he's about to make contact with the ground, right? Yes, that's that's how I've picked up 
up on it. I mean, again, it's it's one frame that's really hard to test, but he was very floaty before, and now he's even more floaty, basically. Because mm-hmm. I was all about, like, when I play Abigail, um, one of the strategies is to stalk super, and then he can't jump at all, mm-hmm. uh, forward, yep. neutral, or back, because I can... Uh, and I've been trying to do this against other characters, save for the ones that can manipulate their jump arcs on reaction, but um, just anti-airing with super. It's it's actually pretty easy to do with Nikali because it's you know that horizontal. Once you're familiar enough with the uh, the speed and the and the distance, then you can really use it as that kind of tool. And Abigail's by far the easiest character to do that to. And and so I was like, now, I don't yeah. understand why they added to that because he already was that. Yeah, they that's exactly it. They added to it. Now he's even easier to do it. They they really do not want Abigail players jumping and just doing random stuff. And on that note, actually, they they made his jump heavy kick, which is one of the best jump ins in the in the game. They made that even worse. Um, his stand heavy punch now is more whiff punishable. It's got less damage. Um, yeah, it's it's he. So where does he fall on the tier list now? Uh, it depends on how you play him. Uh, I honestly think that again, I uh, all the yellow Abigail, uh, all the yellow Abigail players are dead. You know, they're mm. they're gone, and and there were a lot of them. You know, uh, Brian F was infamous about you know showing that 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 setup that was unblockable meaty uh, that did a massive amount of damage, and he's like, yeah, I'm just gonna out fundamental my opponents now. <laughs> mm-hmm. We saw and, Kubo do that in Capcom Cup, and uh, and yeah. John like just like there it is, that's yep, it right yeah, there. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so disgusting, and I mean, again, why would you not? do that like you're, you're playing for a lot of money you're going to take every advantage you can right and so you're taking 70 to 80 percent of people who played the character off the table now because most people were doing that why would you not do that it is and it's just was trained fundamentally different so he didn't do that stuff he's um just a different type of player so i have not seen the character in a lot of people's hands yet i think personally he can end up okay on the viable end i i don't think he's going to be anywhere near what he was before um but grappler characters are not tr- traditionally high tier in fighting games. They're very rarely that way. And just uh, to balance them out, they did give him a sweep um, that looks like it has pretty decent range and okay startup. Uh, and and if that, uh Yeah, Abyssizer. And if that leads to any kind of Oki and other stuff, it's going to give him better neutral. Uh, and it's another option he did not have before. But again, if you're trying to hold the joystick forward and just you know hope for V-Trigger to pop up there and, and just kind of do whatever, those days are gone. Uh, he's now also easier to stun as well. So. so they took away his BS. Pretty fair much. to say. Now, um, if the character ends up being uh, still relevant, I don't expect him to like be winning everything. And 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 more so, it's it's not even that. It's not even whether he wins or loses. It's does he get V trigger and all of a sudden then the round starts, mm-hmm. which it sounds like is not the case anymore. He's um, when he pops V trigger now, he's usually down to his last bit of health. And the amount of risk he can take in that scenario is minimized. So he's having to calculate much more often when he's throwing out those heavy punches and all that kind of stuff. And he's getting less reward off of those and is more punishable now as well. Mm -hmm. So where I'm going with all of this is that before we've seen Abigail as potentially a poorly designed character. Now, if these changes make him so that he's not just robbing you, but he still can function as a character and, and still have a fighting chance, then I want to specifically acknowledge, like, Capcom, good job. And it mm-hmm. sounds like that's what they're going for, adding a new move for his neutral, um, you know, with a specific idea that's saying that, like, his jump, we want to nerf his jumps. For whatever reason, we want to nerf his jumps. And they're, they're taking these specific avenues. It sounds like they really, like, 
like looked at the character and looked at uh, all the different aspects of him and said, we want to make direct changes to this because of this, and we want to you know make direct changes to this because of this. And again, I, I'm excited to see how he actually plays out. If he just goes from super hot to super cold, then crappy character. But right. if they've been able to actually regulate him with these kind of changes, then I take my hat off to them and say, good job. Yeah. Uh, Abigail has been hit the hardest, if you ask me, of all the characters that we're going to talk about. Uh, I think that's not really up for debate, if you ask me. Um, uh, but he still could be viable. It just you, you completely have to change your play style with him now. So, mm-hmm. um, so speaking of different characters here uh, that are easier to stun, we have Cammy. Uh, that mm-hmm. was one of the main changes she, she made. She lost some stun, so now she's a little bit more volatile. Um, she also does less stun too on a number of her special moves, which was interesting to me. So when she's going into Cami Maul mode, she's a little bit, it's a little bit more difficult for her to maul you. I wish they adjusted the damage, but they got the stun damage instead. So there it is. Um, she also gets less Oki off of her uh, forward throw um, and her normals are more with punishable. And mm-hmm. then her V reversal is more punishable. It went from negative four to negative six. That's awesome. So, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. So I, I, we should probably take this into the lab at some point, but does that mean that when she does it and then you block it, she's either spaced too far away from you for your six frame moves to hit or else you can just block and, and then hit her and she's essentially spending, I mean, unless you're Akuma and you can side switch her back into the corner, she's spending life to get out of the corner with her V reversals, what that sounds like. She's spending it and if you're positioned correctly, you can punish the hell out of her for it. Uh, negative six is pretty good. A lot of characters have six frame normals that will blow that up really well. Yeah, so that's interesting. Like, yeah. uh, and and again though, she's the kind, the type of character that if you've earned an offense against her, you better get it. And she got out of the corner like that for, and you could you could blow up her V trigger in certain respects, but it was hard. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, like for me, the answer was either if I if I wanted to give up my offense and then play from far away and hope that she would V reversal something, and then I could backdash. Um, and then I could get a full combo on her, but that's that's few and far between. That's a real big read, and you're giving up your offense to do it. Otherwise, my answer to her V-Trigger was to do a, um, a meaty standing light kick and then just kind of mash medium kick, and um, my character would, would auto-correct and hit her with a medium kick, and she'd flip out. She'd still be out of the corner, and she'd take like all of 60 damage or whatever medium kick ends up doing. Um, and, and that would be what she paid and, and, you know, obviously V reversal meter, but that would be all she paid to get out of the corner. And, and mm-hmm. like, think about it, like against Nikali, it's like, yeah, I'll pay that to get out of the corner against you where that's like where you thrive and Hey, we're back to cami games. So yep. this, this change does seem, I don't know, man, I don't know about escape V, v reversals in general. They don't seem all that great. And it's escape. like, they're either stupid <laughs> right. or they're stupid or really bad. Escape V reversals that have an attack on them, like you know Vega and Manat, they don't have an attack. They they switch sides, but they don't have. You yeah, know, no, of... Vega just goes straight back. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So yeah. So um, yeah, this character had everything going for her. It mm-hmm. seems with the and except for like low life, which we've seen time and time again, is is the thing that you want to have as your as your weakness column because if you can do everything else, low life doesn't really seem to matter very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I. At least they finally nerfed her. Uh, I, they didn't do enough, if you ask me. I still think she's going to be one of the best characters in the game, but it's a good step in the right direction. Maybe for 4.5 here, we'll we'll see a few more things done to her normals. Um, but she is she's easier to beat now for sure. Um, she if you get on a roll with Cami, you can blow her up pretty well, and it's a little harder for her to get on a roll against you and just kill you. You know, it's 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 moving the needle a little bit. I just I wish they did more. 
it seems like you know looking through the changes it's a lot of like she's gonna do 20 less damage she's um one of the big ones i think crouching light punch she used to be plus two and now she's zero on mm -hmm. so there are she's still gonna be able to do like air shenanigans and and she's still you know fast walker and and has the a decent amount of damage output but maybe if you're if you're trying to pinpoint what the change is going to look like with her it's that one she might have to hit you one more time yeah and it's gonna be that she's a she has a little bit harder if if you are aware of where she's weaker you can exploit that but if you're not i think that it's going to look a lot like the same so you have to really study these changes and understand where she can't do the things that she used to do anymore if you want to see this uh, really put into play because they're kind of little nooks and crannies of her gameplay so um I, I do think that this is this is good i i don't know if it's enough or not i'm i'm happy that it happened here and, and i'll see what happens in the gameplay before i kind of make that judgment call of whether or not it's enough so moving on to another character who i felt got hit pretty decently hard here is guile uh, his jabs all got nerfed. Um, his flash kick invincibility was decreased a good bit, unless you use the EX version. So his light version was formerly three to seven frames was invincible, which is pretty nice for a move that does not take meter to do. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, now it's only really good as a, a jump encounter, as an anti-air. Uh, also, his light sonic booms are faster, which sounds like, okay, well, that's, you know, that's a buff, right? Nope. Not really, no. Um, those light sonic booms were often made to trap people and to set up things that they caused a lot of issues for a number of characters. If yeah. you played a character that did not have issues with light sonic booms, you know, kudos to you, but a lot of people did. And so making those faster, it's probably not going to help them in any way, shape or form. And it should make a number of his matchups a good bit worse. So, um, and then a couple other things is they specifically mentioned that they, they targeted Guile's mid-range control, uh, uh, the changes we just talked about right there. Um, and it looks like they're going to be successful about that too. A zoning character that can rush you down and that's scary even from the... Guile was scary at all, like low-key scary at all locations on the map, right? Every place on the screen. He had something that he could do and it was significant. Like maybe he wasn't... The, he was probably the best zoner, but maybe he wasn't quite the best like footsie character, but he could play footsies like pretty good for how good his zoning was. And, and it's like, let's keep him being a zoner. Get rid of the stupid like... For a lot of characters, if he had the light sonic boom the way it was... If he got to in the corner, he can just throw light sonic booms on repetition and, and you couldn't do anything because he had time to DP you or, you know, flash kick you if you tried to jump out. The answer was like, just take a little eek steps forward until you're within range of his other normals and stuff and take a ton of chip damage. And, and people usually didn't do that. They usually just ended up jumping. But it was like a complete lockdown. He just cage you in like no other. And so things like that, yeah, get rid of that. It's just, it's kind of silly at that point. But as far as like, like make Gyla zoning character, but if I get in on him, or if I if if I get close enough to him where we're now we're playing like hand to hand, you know, don't make him amazing there too. Make him like a little below average there because of how good his zoning is. And I think that's kind of the direction they're going here. I agree. Um, I wouldn't call these these changes significant for Guile, um, but I think he's getting hit reasonably hard. Uh, I imagine he's out of the top five now. Um, but we'll see how far he that goes beyond. Um, I I still would put him up reasonably high on the tier list. Um, all things considered here, again, I'm, it's very early on, but from where he was before, uh, if, you know, uh, I would put him somewhere around like, you know, the 10-ish, 12-ish range or something, he's still going to be a damn good character. Uh, this mm -hmm. is not enough to just completely knock him out of the running, but it's going to hurt him and it's going to take some of the matchups he just kind of won without much, you know, contention uh, and, and, and knock those down a good bit. So. Yeah, and some of these changes, 
um, here's a here's an, a, a good example. Crouching heavy punch, which is the one where he just kind of like pumps his fist up straight above him, mm-hmm. and you can use that as a pretty consistent anti-air. It had the startup increased by one frame. I think it used to be eight, and now it's nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, well, that's a pretty minute change. Um, but hey, every time that that move hit by one frame difference, um, it's not going to hit now. So that's something. But yep. then they they changed his guile high kick from uh, they gave that move, which is also can be almost always is used as an anti-air just when they're further out in front of you, maybe. Uh, they gave that one frame faster startup. And so I think they're also trying to encourage the uh, the idea that I think it was Combo Fiend put forward way back in the beginning of the development days of this game that they want to make all of their characters' moves useful in certain situations. Mm-hmm. And and some characters have, like, like Minot's standing heavy punch. It's like, well, we want Minot to use, like, standing medium punch a little more or in different, you know, situations. So it's like, I think another emerging uh, objective that Capcom was having with this balance patch is to make sure that everything is being used for different situations and that fewer moves are coveralls for so many situations. So that happened to Guile like on the whole, right? And the idea that he gets to do anything from anywhere on the screen and he's really, you know, good at to also down to his individual moves where it's like you can use this move, it's for this situation, it's not for this situation. So we're going to tweak it in a way that it doesn't work in that situation. But here's this other move that is for that. Your job is to be able to, on the spot, identify which one and implement it in a timely manner, which that takes a little more thought and a little more skill. And it's like, now, if you can do that, then uh, then you deserve to have the reward. And I like that move. I agree. Uh, so speaking of other characters that got nerfs here, we've, we've got Rashid. Hmm. A big thing that John and I have spoke about previously is getting rid of dumb moves. And this is not so much applicable to very high-level Rashid players, but even online, when I was running across Master and Grandmaster-ranked Rashid players, I'd see them kind of just randomly throw out his eagle spike. And that's where he he runs and jumps at you with his kick. Um, and, and it just, uh, this is a grounded version only. And now it's way easier to punish. It does less damage. And it was just one of those moves that in certain matchup, there, there, there wasn't enough punishment available for Rishi just to be you know back off of it basically and not use it just kind of at random when he wanted to do something uh and not have to think and just like well let's see how this works you know and this pretty much dials it back from a just do it like whatever the hell kind of move you want to do and really negates it almost entirely you're going to get punished big time if you just randomly throw this out there still fine in combo still works in a lot of other things but if you want to be dumb and just do it you can't anymore um that's big time for me uh I know that this character is not heavily impacted at high levels of play but if you just take away some of the shenanigans that are just frustrating and just difficult to play against like that's nice it's it's one more thing you don't have to think about it's one more thing you don't have to to be worried about like is this Rashid just going to go totally random on me and do this dumb crap that I have to deal with and now it's gone and, and, yeah. and so I, I really take my head off to Capcom with that uh, I, I do I would like a little bit more but I mean even if that was the only thing and there's there's more um, I would be pretty happy Another thing that uh, they did to specifically to the eagle spikes is they increased the uh, distance it takes him backwards if he actually successfully hits it. Mm-hmm. So if it does hit, if he does, you know, do it randomly or, or I guess in a combo or whatever, and it actually finds its its uh, target, he doesn't get as much of a follow up afterwards. And the big thing about Rashid is it seemed like both on block, on hit, on on uh, throw tech, he would be spaced so often in a in a distance where. His uh, crouching fierce, or it's maybe it's down forward fierce, or a lot of his moves just were at a very sweet spot, like mm-hmm. advantageous position. So 
a lot of the interactions would happen and and then Rashid would be exactly where he wanted to be afterwards and you would find yourself even if it was just a throw tech which would put both players at a basically the same spot you know back to neutral he would still be at something of an advantage just because of the way his move worked how fast it was and the spacing and so it looks like they're maybe um, paying some attention to that because that was probably, well, there were a lot of frustrating things about the character, but his spacing and the places that he would just naturally end up in his movement were probably the biggest things for me. Yeah. And, um, and so to see that you can't just do as many willy-nilly things and that he has to think about his options and do them with intent, that's what I want to mm-hmm. see. That's, like, that's, that's what it all comes down to. You have to do this with intent, and if you do it at the wrong time, you're going to get hit for it. So think about it man yeah um that's what i want to see as a general banner over all of these patch changes and over any fighting game in general that that's that's the kind of fighting game that i want to play the developers even kind of took a shot at rashid in their patch notes and just said there was a little variation in the moves that rashid used during the match mm-hmm. verbatim quote there uh, special moves but yeah uh oh my goodness which took away from the character uh having various kind of movements it's just like they're like look like people are only using two moves with this guy it's dumb we're gonna change it up it's like yeah there you go um but going down the list here for Rashid, uh, he also got a spinning mix- mixer, which is a move where he, you know, shakes his arms around and whatnot. Uh, damage nerfs on that, which not significant, but it will hurt him a little bit, just make him a little bit less effective. Um, of all the top tier characters here, uh, he's still going to be very, very good. I kind of put him up there right with like Kami and Akuma, uh, that he's pretty much going to be intact from where he was before. Uh, I think you're going to see Rashid's all over the place. He's still very, very good. Um, but at least, again, it, it, at least he was toned down in the areas that he needed to be. I don't mind having characters that are strong as long as their dumb aspects are, are, are toned down properly. You know, the, the more we go through these notes, we started this out with um, it's taken, they've taken the wind out of a lot of players' sails. And, and again, I also noted that there's like kind of a process that you go through when you read patch notes. You first look at what did my character get or what did they lose? And then for most people, it's what, did, what happened to Cammy. Uh, but or what did the top tiers lose? How how well am I going to vie? And then you start to take a step back and you look at the bigger picture and you say, okay, what's the general changes? What's going to change about the game in general? What's going to maybe be good now that wasn't good before? You know, maybe the the neutral is going to be more important as we we're beginning to see and that's beginning to emerge as we read through these more whiff punish opportunity means um, patient players that that wait for whiffs or that position themselves in the right place are going to get rewarded, and. Um, uh, I pulled it up here and, and started looking at Rashid, and, and it specifically even says here at the very last note, his combo damage has been reduced from before, but by choosing the right move for the situation, Rashid can achieve even better results. And it's like, that that is very encouraging. I won't say that this is like the best patch ever or anything like that, I don't know, but it sounds like Capcom's head is in the right place. The more and more we go through all this and look at the details, the more I'm like, Maybe they've figured it out. The next big question before we get there is, well, the characters that got buffs. You're hearing about mm. Bison. You're maybe even Zangief, although Zangief was pretty far down there. But the characters that got buffed, did they go too hard there? Because that can easily just destroy everything. If they've And they've done that a lot in the past, right? Yeah. Just gone too hard with the buffs for, for the mid-tiers. Like, did G just get, like, six more command grabs that are better? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that this is a good starting point where... Um, and, and and I wrote about this, and then when I was introducing it, the, the gist of it was going to be that the patch notes are a little demoralizing. But I started it with, this might be the best balance change, or get Street Fighter V to, it's likely that it's going to get to the best balanced place that it's ever been. 
a lot of that is just the time that we've had to, to and the amount of fixes, you know, trial and error. You're going to get it after a while. But maybe we are in that place where like we're, at, we're finally where, hey, this game is more and more acceptable on a competitive and more traditional point of view. Until Abigail, this sequel comes out. Then Until Abigail, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, moving right along here to our last character in the top tier range is Ibuki. And uh, she's more with Punishable, which is, again, you know the theme we've, we've talked about a lot. Uh, her V-Trigger, too, which is uh, something we actually had a debate about last week, I believe. And that was, should her V-Trigger, two be two bars or three bars? And I think we were kind of split on what to do with that. Like, we were really unsure. And of all things, they actually nerfed her V-Trigger, too. And so now it is actually negative two on block instead of plus two and it seems like again capcom heard us and said hey yeah this is really good if we're going to leave it two bars we should alter how good and effective it is um and that's what they did and it's like oh nice you know um and then of all things, uh, her V skill is actually a bit worse now. Uh, it got its hurt box uh, enlarged, and then it has worse frame data on it. So it's a little bit more punishable. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, wow, they, they really toned down her V trigger. Like They're like, yeah, this is a little too good for what the character offers. And um, again, a V skill, especially for her, is very important. That's where she you know puts her arms forward and shoots like the electricity out. You here see, kitty cat. Yeah, here kitty cat. Um, uh, um, the piercing attack, I think, is what it's actually called. But here kitty cat is way better. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, anyway, uh, those are two significant nerfs to her V-Trigger game, but it still keeps it intact and fun, I think. You know, I, I, I don't think Ibuki players are are going to be massively upset about what they did there. I think it's still a, a great move. Um, I think that it's just a little bit more tactical now, uh, I would say. Yeah, they took a little bit away from the uh, the V-Trigger 2. But you know what they really did? If you look at her, at her patch notes, she's got a ton of stuff changed about her V-Trigger 1. And mm-hmm. what I think that another big part of this is that they go... We have these, basically every character has two avenues in which players can choose to go down. And now, and, and that, that only came about this year, right, with the two V-Triggers. And so now we've really seen that most characters have one specific avenue, and that makes sense, right? Especially the first time through, one V-Trigger is going to be better than the others, one Ultra is going to be better than the others, or the other, I should say. But now what they're doing, and we saw with a, a lot of these, is that the less used V-Trigger is getting buffs, which is kind of scary, but also good because it means that, you know, the character is going to, you will potentially have more expression of player if uh, if you have ultimately get to the perfect place of both V-Triggers are viable, but for different reasons. And then you can, you know, play the character in, a, in, in your style more so, or maybe it's matchup based, but... The idea that we might start seeing the bomb back, which is kind of scary, yeah, but it's, yeah. it was also changed in a way that made it like, you know, uh, it didn't have the, the ridiculous mix up of not being able to see your character. Um, and, and so what would be great and, and one of the ways to measure the success of this patch with what Capcom would ultimately want to do with it is to see if we're starting to see a, a little bit more use of both V triggers for any character, any mm-hmm. character where you see both V triggers used. You go, that is a well-designed, at least that part of them, at least that aspect of them is very Mm well-designed. And I think that's what Capcom's goal is. I don't know. It's very hard to get that because most of the time in this, like I said, it just becomes one that becomes the best and it's obvious. But maybe, at least with a few of these guys, they've hit that stride and that'll be interesting to see as well. Yeah, I'm hesitant to call Bison well designed, but you did see uh, V Trigger One and V Trigger Two quite a bit with him. You know, he's a good yeah. example of, of viability there. Um, and I, w- with Mika, Mika's another one where I, her V Trigger One is terrific. You know, uh, 
and then you but you saw the chair come out you know if you trick or two uh, here and there like some people started using it like hey this is good too you know it's it's good to see that uh, the variety is the spice of life you know we love that our we'd all be doing you know Ryu matches you know nonstop and all that like it's it's great to see that and uh, I agree completely so yeah um oh, go ahead. Well, and the other thing I was going to say, the the general change to Ibuki, and you got at this a little bit, especially with her V-skill. Um, I think her her roundhouse, her standing roundhouse was, was nerfed, if I recall mm-hmm. that correctly. That it's more with Punishable, yes. Exactly. And so the thing with Ibuki is like, well, she's she's pretty fast, right? And she's great with mix-ups if she gets in, and she gets to get in for free, on well, for a meter with her Air EX Kunai. So it's like, well, where is she weak? It's like, she better have... Um, a hard time you know getting close to you and with normals that let her do that too uh you know because because you can be looking out for an ex kunai especially when she has meter and especially when it makes sense for her to go in so you can at least be um guarding against that but then when she has normals and her v skill that also get her close and and make progress for her um it's like you can't juggle all that at once and it seems like they've nerfed her her standing roundhouse which moves her forward and cr- i think it crush counters it too does, and, yeah. It was, yeah. and, and it's like okay great make that a little bit worse make her v skill which you see v, v skills from abuki all the time it's one of the most used v skills um and and again that's building her v trigger even when you block it right so mm-hmm. uh so to see them do that it's like more and more i'm seeing realistic uh um direction taken by Capcom for these characters and it's like most of the time it's in an appropriate place where I go yes that is something that I would like to see changed about these characters and and again this continues to to build my faith a little bit and say that their vision here for where they're going to go I don't know if they're going to get what the, where, where they're trying but their vision is in the right direction and that's encouraging yeah I think they listen to the Event Hubs podcast where we talk about all this stuff so we'll take 100% plug. credit <laughs> yeah. yes speaking, absolutely speaking of self plugs if you guys want to see the um, patch notes they're up on the website if you click the, the big Street Fighter 5 logo or um, if you're on mobile, if you click the Street Fighter V uh, icon, we have all the patch notes from every version of Street Fighter V right there. Just scroll around, you'll see them. Uh, season 2 through 4 balance changes are all up there. Uh, easy to find. Uh, we're going to get in there. In the future, we're going to talk about like all the characters. Um, this is just kind of a hot take, uh, reactions of what we're seeing on paper. But we are going to go back and have a gigantic podcast talking about every single cast member, what they're, what they're looking like, how they look like now. Uh, we'll bring in Dream King and maybe some other people to just kind of discuss it. It, like at length um, mm-hmm. to really unpack this for the community but we didn't want to have a five hour podcast today so we're going to hold <laughs> off on that one uh, but we will definitely get there in the future uh, but one last character uh, definitely we have we have no real idea of where he falls on the tier list but the brand new character uh, Kagi our evil Eviler Ryu. There we go. There's the name. I love that name so much. It's so fighting game community and so Capcom. But uh, a couple a couple thoughts on here right now. Um, jump medium kick. Uh, honestly, uh, for him, may be the best jump in in the entire game. Um, it is insane for cross-ups. It's got a great hitbox. It's very hard to anti-air. He gets a lot off of it. There may be a better jump in, but it's got to be up there. Um, it is really, really, really good. Um, it's uh, You can also mix and match that a little bit you know very uh people anti-airing it with his his dive kick which is nice um he has a lot of heavy block stun on his attacks, uh, which make it really kind of hard to to punish and counter him. Uh, I believe his axe kick, his light one, is, is negative four. And Dream King was saying like, "Hey, punish this guy!" You know, like don't don't let him get away with it. It's not real. You know, it's negative four. Uh, but when you actually go in there to, to play him against you know the first couple times, like you'll realize the block stun lasts for longer than you think it would. So you know, 
negative four is fine, but if you don't know the exact punish timing, you're going to you know mess it up a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. So he does really throw you off initially. Uh, he's a character you definitely want to lab against before you're trying to go in there against competition because you'll get blown up hard if you do not. Um, and then uh, a lot of his axe kicks are the block streams on there are not real. Uh, I think he has to get like a crouch heavy punch to make him real, but um, you can you can. Um, Interrupt him when he's in his axe kick animation in a lot of scenarios. You so can it, interrupt between crouch, heavy punch, and I think um, heavy uh, axe kick, which is the one you want to do if you're continuing combos. There you go. Uh, so, But what I see overall with this character is I see a lot of Street Fighter 4 and the Street Fighter 5 character. And I go, thank goodness. Like, you you took, finally you took a character and, and brought that style into the game. It's still Street Fighter 5. It's not going to bring back what you guys, you know, uh, what some people want, I should say. Um, but you put that in the form of a Shoto character. That is the most popular style and approach uh, in, in fighting games. People love those movesets, right? And then, so you brought back two things people love. Uh, Ryu. Shoto style uh, and and Street Fighter Four, you put it all in one package. You're charging people six bucks for it, but we'll ignore that for right now. Um, it, it's 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 a good look if you ask me. Uh, this character has focus attacks. He has long combos. Um, he has a lot of good things going for him. He's interesting. Uh, looks wise, I think uh, you know some people could take or leave him. I like the way he looks. I think he, you know classic Oni demon from you know Japanese folklore. Um, I I think it's really cool. So, um, but that's what I'm seeing so far with the character. I, I think he's, I don't think he's going to be terrible. I don't know how good he's going to be. Uh, he at least seems viable now from the start. Yeah. Well, so, okay, man, there's so many things about this and you touched on a lot of them. Um, well, I, I just, just start with uh, the easy one. Um, canonically, Evil Ryu was never a, an actual canonical character in the Street Fighter series. He was like a side thing. Um, and this is, for all intents and purposes, very much Evil Ryu. If they named this character Evil Ryu, it would have been fine. But they kind of went a little bit of an extra mile here and, and actually incorporated him in and said, like, this is, like in the story mode, if you see the introduction, it's like, this is, uh, there, there's like a fork in the road there where Ryu can either conquer his um, Satsui no Hado urges when he's fighting Nikali, or he cannot. And this is like a glimpse of what happens if he doesn't. And it's, so it's part of the actual story mode where um, and it's almost like a temptation, right? Because he only exists technically as a shadow. So he's not almost also not technically in the game, but it's a very interesting idea. It's like, Ryu, here's your temptation. I, I am... If you play his story, it shows how he just runs through, like, I think it's like Akuma and Sagat and and how, how powerful he is if you will give in to this. And so I liked, because Capcom's so good with their stories to begin with, and then their follow-ups and their execute, like, their build-up is always so great, and their actual execution of what actually happens is usually terrible or mm-hmm. just, like, it doesn't make any sense. But here it's like... They brought in a character and, and they kind of officialized him by making him Kage instead of making him Evil Ryu. And, um, and, and I really appreciate that. So that was the first thing, not gameplay-wise. Um, but as far as playing the character, I really started to delve into him yesterday. And what I found was, first of all, yes, it's Evil Ryu from Street Fighter Four in a lot of ways. Um, they gave him like a focus attack in some sort of in, mm-hmm. his, uh, in his V skill. He's very familiar, but he's different enough that you have to pay attention and you can't do everything exactly the same way. I like to tick into a crouching fierce punch into axe kick. Now before that was free to do because um, when I say before, I mean for evil Ryu is free to do because you're not going to get almost ever contested there. Um, it might've been a, even like a, a full block string cause you're doing it in a medium. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what you got, there's, there's a little bit of a more technical aspect to him 
like you were saying, if people force you to play that way, mm -hmm. because you have to choose, okay, do I think that they're going to contest me? Because if I do, then I'm going to have to use a lighter strength attack, like a lighter strength axe kick. Um, so that I blow up their their attempts to try to uh, jab through, but I won't get the combo afterwards. So there's like there's a lot of thought there. There's a lot of specific intention in what Kage players will ultimately have to do. It seems in their choice of buttons, which is which is perfect. Like that's hard. That's intimidating as a Kage player, and and you won't always like again if someone hasn't done their homework, you can get away with a lot of BS, and I'm sure we'll see that. But at the high levels, you're not going to see people getting away with as much BS. So they're going to have to specifically choose, make an an informed decision, and go with that in a lot of instances. And I think that that's a really good design. Um, as for how good the character is, he has he. He seems different from traditional Capcom Street Fighter V DLC and that I think they're making him good and then they will regulate him later as opposed to they're making him crap and then maybe they'll buff him into the stupid, ridiculous DLC character as we saw with like Urien and, and Balrog. Um, it seems like he's good to start with and, I, and I'm not certain how good, but a lot of potential, like maybe, maybe upper mid, something along those lines at least. And with the, um, he's also seems to be designed to be watched. I think we saw this a lot with G as well. Very flashy with with his V triggers um, and his ability to kind of like navigate the screen quickly and suddenly, um, and then follow up combos with like that sudden last you know um, V trigger two. Like he teleports and comes down from the from the sky, and then the potential of like gimmicks and mix up for V trigger one is very intriguing as well. A lot of interest, even if the character. I don't think I think he looks okay. Uh, I think they could have done better, but whatever. It's not the biggest deal for me. Um, uh, there, there's a lot of intrigue, and I think that uh, right now he feels good, not stupid good. Um, although I'm seeing a lot of uh, tech online pop up, like on Twitter, and a lot of that's done in a vacuum where it's like, yeah, yeah. but you'll never really see this. But a lot of it is scary. Um, and, and it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I, a very welcome addition to Street Fighter V. And like I said, it seems like they've designed him with a lot of intent. So it will require that you lab things out. But hey, um, if you're playing against him, you can do that. And it's on you to do that. And I don't think that he'll have a ton of moves that he can just abuse for free if you know how to stop it. And that's the key change between someone like Rashid or Abigail where it's like, I'm just going to do this move because it's just going to benefit me and, and you don't know. To, I'm going to do this move because I think you're going to do this move and it's going to reward me if I'm right. But if I'm not right, like you're you're reading me and then you're going to hit me hard and I think that's a great balance. So um, I, I'm, I'm excited for him. It's still early, but I'm very excited for him. Well said. Uh, so switching gears what, for the last time here, uh, we were both at Capcom Cup uh, over the weekend and I personally want to say that this is actually my favorite tournament I've ever been to. Um, it was uh, There was a really good vibe. I got to meet a lot of nice people. Uh, big shout out here to War Crimes. Uh, he's a fan of Event Hubs and the podcast. Uh, very nice dude. He actually gave us a copy of Arcade Edition, which we'll be giving away uh, in the future. Um, but I, I got to meet a lot of people there, a lot of good friends from my community, uh, from the community of the years, I should say. Um the venue was nice. Like the esports arena in Vegas is great. You know, uh, I'm not actually a big fan of Vegas, but I really enjoyed going. Um, it was just really right up till the very end. Like I was, I was riding just such a high, and then you know the Kage leak happened, and it was just oh boy, and just the entire like uh, uh, Ono got up on stage, and everyone was shouting Kage, Kage. Like I don't think that part was on stream, but um, it was. Yeah, I got a little dicey there towards the end. Um, a lot of unhappy people. Um, which just was really unfortunate because you, you ran a marathon, right? And you got right to the finish line and you were, you know, 
30 minutes away from from hitting the finish line and you fell right on your face and like broke like your arm or something and you you got across eventually but you finished like you know 20th or something like that and were pretty beaten up and battered for it and it was uh it, it, it was just an unfortunate way to end it but Again, I, I try not to let just the very end dictate my entire experience there. I had a great time. And and for those who, who don't make their way out to tournaments, it's, just, it's something you've spoken about before, but you might go 0-2 in tournament. Uh, you might not, you know, do very well, but the opportunity to be around people who are just of a like mind as you and to play video games with them and to talk with them and to do that stuff is just so wonderful. Um, and so try to seek out those casual setups and, and, you know, just use the simple etiquette of, Hey, you know, I got next. Uh, and usually people will wrap up their set. You can go and sit down and, and play someone. You can work on a matchup. You can meet some new friends. Like there's so much opportunity there, um, to socialize in a way you don't often get to at tournaments. And, and the, again, the vibe at Capcom cup was wonderful. Lots lot of happy people uh, a lot of people in a great mood uh and, and just you know seeing the seeing the people that you, you've you know seen on stream and all that kind of stuff great opportunity to, to to do that but uh but yeah yeah i thought there was a lot of evidence of um in a lot of ways that they have been learning and upgrading the presentation was good the esports arena was was um a decent venue i really liked having when it was at psx there's this like kind of more of a grand auditorium for finals and in that field, but that's kind mm-hmm. of just a nitpick. Like you could watch both the, uh, the live streams on um, Saturday yes. from the main area where, and it was in such a way that it was pretty well executed that there was re- very rarely a stop in the action. Cause you could see, you know, Momochi playing on the two big screens on the side, or you could watch the immediate match in front of you on the biggest screen, which is dead set in the center. And, um, and, and so that was nice. Uh, you know, the the ads were not really a thing for me. I don't mm-hmm. really mind them, but they were kind of distracting for a lot of people. Um, again, it's kind of a prototype sort of thing, and this was their. It was an interesting, you know, the gravity of Capcom Cup is is no small thing, and so to be uh, toying around with something or, or or you know kind of inspecting it for the first time and seeing how it does, making this a trial and error situation was a little bit of an interesting take, but. Ultimately, they weren't an issue for me, um, and and uh, although I don't know that I'm the at all representative of the majority, but through and through, it, it did feel good. It felt. I was talking to Alex Jabaley um, at one point, and he says, you know, this feels more like a uh, just like a routine, you know, middle of the season type of esports event, mm-hmm. uh, because like I've I've been to like a League of Legends event one time where it felt very much the same, just in kind of like a studio esque place like this with a decent production value. But they're gonna like they can break it all down in, in ten minutes and, and move it away, um, if they wanted to, and compared to again like the the PSX big stadiums or you know stadium feel that the uh, other the other finals have been in, nah, not quite the same. But like again, we're we're here more for the uh, for the spectacle of the the actual games played, and those were very good. Hats off to even though he's a Rashid player, Gachi Kun <laughs> for winning it all and doing it in a pretty spectacular oh, fashion, yeah. beating Tokido 3-0 and oh, such. Yeah. Um, I, I wrote a little bit about how his win was not as hype as someone like Mena RDs because of, mm-hmm. or, 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 you know, the top two American finalists in uh, Capcom Cup 2016, but he still is a very deserving player and it's wonderful that he could win this. And, um, and yeah, so, and like Nick was saying, the gameplay was great. Uh, the experience through and through is pretty good. Uh, it just, it's, it just seems like it's kind of overshadowed right now by a somewhat unfortunate position Street Fighter V finds itself in. 
so like it's it's good to to separate your experience with Capcom Cup versus the general feel of Street Fighter Five in the moment because um, they're they're two different things in a lot of ways. They are interlinked, but yeah. So, anyways, a good event. I think that Capcom is really figuring it out, and it will continue to get better over time. And uh, and yeah, so I'm looking forward to Capcom Cup 2019. All right. And so, for those who, that are curious of how we did in tournament, I actually went three and two. Uh, I technically uh, one of those wins was you know a little bit uh, suspect because it was a DQ. You know, I, I can't control that. But I actually ran into Nianchi, uh, who got 49th at Evo 2017 and uh, 49th at Japan Cup 2017, who plays Nikali. And uh, some random dude actually came to our, our uh, hotel room and helped me practice with Nikali. I don't know who it was. Uh, certainly no one on this podcast. That, mask, yeah. Mask <laughs> that, that helped me uh, train for like 20 matches and told me a bunch of tips and a bunch of other things like that. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So, uh, anyway, he got 49th at, at Evo in, in Japan Cup. So, technically, I probably won Evo by beating him. So, yep. I mean, yeah, just right there. That's how that works. But, uh, anyway, uh, I actually saw him flip out a little bit uh, when I was using V-Trigger 2 with Monat because, again, I'm I'm like the only Monat player who does that. And uh, I swear he was flustered by it. Like, he's like, what is this? Like, what is going on here? Um, and I think he got kind of upset about it. And um, it just goes to show that if you play something that no one else expects and you, you're, you're fairly decent with it, right? Like, you can catch people by surprise, even if they're a very good player. Uh, this guy's a good player. You know, he, he's a he's a tournament-tested player, and, and I was able to beat him, you know, in tournament. And so that, that made my day. I was very, very happy. Um, uh, I was shocked I did that well. You know, I, I honestly kind of expected to go 0-2. I was really close to going 0-2, but I, I pulled out a few matches there. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and then Pujara came in with uh, Balrog and kicked my freaking ass. He just destroyed me and I'm like that's okay that's all right you know I I, I that's fine I, I I got my match you know I'm happy uh, I'm definitely going to try to train harder for next year uh when I go and see if I can do a little better um but for for where I came in at I was I was absolutely thrilled um so yeah yeah I was really excited to see uh to see your tournament progress and the fact that uh the, the excitement on your face when you beat um is it Nianti Nianchi Nianchi uh, was was really cool. Um, as for my ventures, I played PR Rog first, and uh, and I beat him the first game, and then uh, the second game was decided by a wake up DP that I didn't think he would do, but guess what? He did it, and then uh, and then he beat me the third game too. Uh, but uh, I, I got a few wins there. I think three more wins in losers bracket, and then the night before, I was also visited by a masked player, but it was Manat. And uh, the thing was, this Monat player used V-Trigger 2, mm. so I was super ready for V-Trigger 2 Monats all day, but then I played Kramor's Monat, and he had V-Trigger 1. I had no idea how to fight that, and I ended up losing to uh, V-Trigger 1 Monat because I didn't have ample practice beforehand, and that's why. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, <laughs> I think I went uh, 2 and 3 as well. Or uh, three and two, I should say. Yeah, if so, you went, um, if you went two and three, you did like a perfect legend somehow thing where you re- <laughs> <laughs> was just no good. But yeah, <laughs> right. So, uh, but yeah, I had fun playing, and and more of it is just learning and talking with players and getting your butt kicked by people with styles that you've never seen before, so that you can learn those styles. And there was plenty of that going on too. So uh, a good experience. Ten out of ten would do again. Nice, very nice. All right, guys. Well, that's all we've got for you this week. We're up here against almost two hours now on the podcast. Uh, we definitely want to wrap this up here. But thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you came up uh, to us at Capcom Cup or, or you talked to us on stream or anything like that, um, we really appreciated it. Uh, we saw a number of people, you know, comment on the podcast. So it was great to see. Uh, and then uh, uh, JB, actually, uh, the Rashid player, um, 
give me uh, and our team here, which I haven't been able to share with everyone just yet, just one of the most unbelievable and nice comments and awareness that I've ever seen. And just kind of saying that like, hey, you guys do a lot for the community. Uh, a lot of people never, you know, tell you that. Um, usually you're surrounded by hate, you know, about the stuff you do, but we just appreciate having you there, you know, and it, it's really nice to see. And I, I just, I will give a huge shout out to JB for that. Uh, very nice gentleman. Um, and uh, and anyway, so, but, but for everyone else uh, and that we ran into there, uh, just getting to talk to you and, and experience, you know, that time with you and just share fighting games. Like it's, it's so much fun to play these games and to debate about them and, and, you know, escape from the other aspects of life for a little while. Uh, it, it was just wonderful. And, and just want to say thank you to everyone. And that's it. Fighting games are great. <laughs> All right, y'all. We will see you next week. And until then, I hope you have a great week. Adios.